Welcome to the 56th episode of the Nerdum and Other Nonsense Anime Podcast. Today we are bringing you the first half of our summer 2018 season first impressions based on the first few weeks of shows that have aired. As always, we include timestamps in the description and the YouTube video and podcast feed if you only want to hear about one or two specific shows since we spoil literally everything. My name is Kat. And I love fuzzy kittens, warm eyes, and pretending household appliances <laughs> have feelings. <laughs> oh my god, okay. Also with me are these fuckers called Leo and Beacom. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Hi. I, Say hello I, to your dishwasher for me. Uh, <laughs> oh, I bet a session of cooking in the kitchen with you is pretty uh, entertaining. <laughs> I mean, I have that session every day on the Discord. <laughs> It's true. It's mostly so. just loud. <laughs> wow. I'm just imagining uh, go, Toaster Chan, stop burning my toast. I, I, I do have a lot of like angry arguments with my blender where I'm like, God damn it. Why won't she blend? <laughs> She's even abusive to her appliances. That's not, not surprising there. Well, you know. <laughs> you don't drop kick any of them, do you? <laughs> No, because then I'd have to fucking buy new ones. <laughs> God damn. Oh, I'm not that violent. I mean, I'm a little violent, but not that much. Okay. Okay. Well, don't be violent towards this iTunes review we got, which you can read now in a very cool voice. Okay. Okay. So the iTunes review is Lots of Fun by SimpleGen03. Okay. Just recently started... Li- okay, wait, wait, wait. You might have to cut that out. <clears throat> Just recently started listening, but I enjoy the atmosphere of the podcast. Plus, the hosts seem to have a good time. Looking forward to future episodes. <laughs> and we are looking Hell forward yeah. to you listening. Thank you, Simple Jen. Exactly. You're not so simple. I think you're probably pretty complex, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think you're very interesting, Jen. We do have a good time. These laughs are genuine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So today we're doing the first half of our summer 2018 impressions. So it just turned out like if we like split it up with shows from Monday to Thursday and then shows from Friday to Sunday, it's like 17 shows each that we're covering basically or around that. I don't know. I think we might've cut one, but uh, yeah. So we're doing the first half today, Monday through Thursday. So everybody ready mm. to start with Mondays? <sighs> Not this sure. Show. <laughs> Dropkick on my devil, also known as Joshin Chan Dropkick, is airing on Amazon Prime, uh, based on a little web manga. And yeah, so the first couple episodes, this anime just really throws you into things with almost no setup or explanation whatsoever, right? Like it throws you into like what feels like the middle of the manga. Like it, it has was- like a little opening scene. I was angry after 10 minutes of watching the first episode of this show. Like, legitimately angry because I had no idea what was fucking going on. They weren't explaining anything to you. And there were just random things happening. Like, there were people cutting up, like, other people's tails. I I don't. Oh, yeah. And and then I was like, are you just copying other shows? Like, I. Because, I mean, that's obviously. It felt like Maid Dragon, yeah. Yeah. I, I had. 
absolutely zero emotional response to this thing. I watched it totally <laughs> deadpan, just like, is anything going to be funny or entertaining? I've, I'm getting nothing from it. <laughs> it wasn't even ironically funny. Like, you couldn't even be yeah. like, oh, it's ironic. I'm going to have a little mm-hmm. chuckle. Devoid of humor of any type. This is I probably yeah. the worst show of the season. I, I'm going to say. I don't know if I'd go that far. There's some pretty bad shows. No, I think this is the worst show of the season because even some bad shows, right, when you're watching them, mm-hmm. you get some entertainment out of them just based on how <laughs> shitty they are. Just because you right, hate yes. them so much. You can't even hate watch this. Like, you're watching it and you're just bored out of your mind. Like, I would almost rather watch paint dry on a wall than watch this. <laughs> and that's me being I, honest. I like the yeah. they had an Evil Dead reference in there, and I'm a big Evil Dead fan, so I was like, "Yay!" <laughs> and I went back to nothing. Here, I'll give a little rundown of what happened in the first episode, just so people know what's going on. So, <clears throat> there's this like Chunibyo looking girl who has like the eye patch over her eye and like a little black hat and like Lolita clothes. Her name is Yurine, and she summons this half snake girl Lolly as her servant. And then, like, that's the opening scene, right? That's, like, all the backstory you get. And then they're just all, like, apparent, like, instantly eating hot pot around a table inside, like, a Japanese apartment with a couple other, like, demons and, like, one girl who's, like, an angel who has lost her halo and she can't get back to heaven. And it's just, like, okay, so this is, like, basically Gabriel dropout again. Like, it just... (laughs) Felt exactly like do, Gab Drop, do except not like the characters weren't good. Gabriel Dropout like that. That was well, yeah, mean. exactly. That's the point. It's like, oh, I've seen like the good version of this show already. It's okay. like, why would I go and come and watch this? So there's like a few running jokes, like, but none of them are really like original or interesting. Like Joshin Chan, who is this snake demon, doesn't want to give Pekula, who's the angel, any meat from their hot pot. So she keeps filling up her bowl with like vegetables instead and no meat. So cruel. <laughs> also, there's a joke where like the demon Minos, who is like a cow demon, is eating the meat or like a bull, is eating the meat from this hot pot, but like refuses Joshin Chan's like request for meat from like her family because that would make them cannibals. But like she's already eating meat, so like it's already bad enough. I don't know. Um and then, like, one of the other demon girls, her name is Medusa. She gives Pekula some meat, and Pekula wonders if she's actually an angel, a joke you probably are used to if you've seen Gab Drop, mm-hmm. like, because, like, she's acting like an angel even though she's a devil. It's just, like, Veen all over again. Um, and, yeah, eventually, Jashin Chan, like, steals all of the meat from the hot pot so they can't give any to Pekula, which pisses off Urine, who then, like, like cuts up her tail snake tail into pieces to replace the meat that she took and this is just like a repeat joke it's a slightly different joke because like she's doing like the gory cutting but like in maid dragon you know like main character would just like cut up her tail and like try to serve it to like kobayashi oh my god i didn't make that connection yet jesus christ yeah that's bad (laughs) (laughs) so it's just like oh man do they have any original ideas for this um Anyway, the rest of the episode plays out with, like, attempts by Joshin to, like, murder Yurine. And they, like, are constantly trying to, like, break the fourth wall to tell the audience about their plans for, like, humor. It's, like, like, occasionally, like, oh, there's, like, a chuckle here or there, but it's, like, not really funny. And, yeah, she gets, like, chainsawed in half by Yurine. And she can regenerate, so she's fine. And, like, later she gets, like, stun-gunned to, like, a burnt crisp by her. And it's just, like... 
I don't know. And like the second episode has more fourth wall breaking with like one of the girls talking about how like their apartment can't have air conditioning because Flex Comics, who is the actual publisher of the manga, like can't afford the air conditioning for the girls in their manga, I guess. That was kind of funny, I guess. I don't know. Um, and also how they're like saying like, oh, the Olympics in Japan are going to be like hell for all the athletes. They don't understand how fucking hot it gets here. Uh <laughs> But like yeah, oh, and then there, then an ice demon lolly shows up and makes like shaved ice, and then her blood is strawberry flavored while her urine is lemon flavored. So you can have like a lemon or a blood shaved ice. <laughs> so I don't know. Like it, it has some like bizarre and weird parts of it. It just I just didn't get much from it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, like, I've already said my two cents. I have to say. Even even the violent bits, which I'm, I, I'll laugh at some slapstick, like "Ooh, she got cut in half." Humor, even that, like, wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah, basically, it felt like so, they were like trying too hard or something. Maybe, I don't know. It just maybe felt that's try-hard. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Point is, don't don't waste your time on this. It's it's really not worth it. Nah. nah. Yeah. All right. Well, the next show it's called Phantom in the Twilight. It's on Crunchyroll, and it's an original show from mm-hmm. Studio Leiden Films. Um, also, like, the director of Mobile Suit Gundam 8th MS Team is working on this, which is, like, a, just a weird thing. Um, this is, like, a Chinese-Japanese co-production as well. But, like, f- as far as Chinese-Japanese co-productions go, I'd say this is, like, one of the best I've seen so far. Yeah, it has uh, a decent story. Like- yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get into what the story is. So it focuses on a Chinese girl named Tone who is studying abroad in London for like the first time. And she's with her friend Xin Yao, obviously Chinese name. So, yes, it's Chinese co-production. But, yeah, their plans are instantly thrown into flux when an invisible goblin steals their luggage and their jewelry. And like Tone runs after the goblin and she uses some magical spells that her great or I think her grandmother or great grandmother, I can't remember, taught her in order to track him. Uh, Mm -hmm. But instead, the spells lead her to a magical cafe. Like, basically, one of the spells is, like, she throws, like, a paper airplane, and it just, like, takes her where she needs to go, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it guides her to this magical cafe that she enters through, like, a magic mirror door. And inside, there are three hot dudes. Um, (laughs) One of them is, like, a vampire. Uh, Another is a werewolf. And another is, like, a jiangxi, which is, like, a Chinese hopping vampire, apparently. But He's the guy with, like, the hair the, over his the face. The thing is, like, they're not bad looking, but, like, I can't say that they're mm-hmm. hot dudes because the way they draw yeah. their faces is very strange. It's almost yeah. like they're they're more simplistic than they have to. I don't know. It's weird. I like, see what you're saying. They're, they're definitely no uh, Yotsuro Biori boys. <laughs> it, yeah. I, I don't know. I was like, I wanted, I wanted prettier faces on my boys. All right, I had to look at these boys for twenty episodes or whatever the fuck. Like, I wanna, I want them to be hot. Like, yeah. Um, but but I mean, other than that, like the the character design isn't bad. It's just like they did something unfortunate to their poor faces. I don't know. Um. <laughs> and so yeah, these these not so pretty boys <laughs> explain <laughs> that the cafe she's tone has entered is was actually originally owned like by her like great grandmother mm-hmm. and like it, it was a place that she opened in london for like these misfits who are known as twilights hence the title to work and like be safe i guess in the society um and then so after this like these 
they're the three Bishi boys try to help her like get her stuff back. So they track down this goblin to like Hyde Park in London and they fight it along with this like tree spriggan creature. Uh, and like Tone, like Tone, I actually kind of like as a main character because she's like very proactive and she's like can handle herself. Mm-hmm. Like she like runs after them and like she on the way bumps into this like sinister guy with like glasses and a like emo haircut who has previously pickpocketed Tone's ring off the like goblin who was like running away from her and he gives this ring back to her. It's like a magical ring that belonged to her great grandmother. And like once she gets to like the battlefield and like she's like. Uh, threatened by the Spriggan, like the ring kind of like activates and she's able to like summon these like awesome like chains out of the ground and like she's instantly able able to like fight with them too like she like throws like she like throws them at the Spriggan like tying it up and then like the vampire dude just like wrecks him uh, after that and so yeah after the fight though the vampire takes it upon himself to just like erase Tone's memories by like staring into her eyes and like you know whatever that thing is that like glamoring her is how they call it it, like twilight lay it on the magic (laughs) juice yeah man i I did Uh, not like she heads home and like but like that when the episode ends she finds that like her friend shin yao has been kidnapped out of nowhere so that's like the magic juice doesn't last long because like literally within like 10 minutes she's like oh yeah i remember because my friend just got kidnapped so i remember everything now like. Yeah, she snaps out of it like, immediately. I was like, are they? I was like, are they going to go through all these introductions all over again? I was like, okay, thank God they didn't have to do that. Like, I didn't watch this one, but and I cannot yeah. make sense of what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> it's there's so much in there. No, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, but like, it, I don't know. Like from what I can tell, her grandma was like a a supernatural supernatural like banisher. Like she went around mm-hmm. like. And where people were having issues with supernatural creatures, but instead of like just destroying them, like she could have done, she tried to make it so that they could live without bothering people, and everyone could kind of live in harmony. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, and that's why they they're like, oh my gosh, we loved your grandmother so much. Blah blah blah. I, I find that this is a little tropey. Like, I don't know if you want to go yeah. into the second episode first, but... Well, I, yeah, I want to say, like, just a couple things about the second episode. Because, mm-hmm. like, okay, there's a fourth member of the cafe whose name is Wayne, who is, like, a ghost. And a cat. you notice something else about Wayne. Oh, like a, a Shota? A Shota ghost? <laughs> yeah, I guess he's a Shota boy. I don't know. We, like, there is a Shota boy in the show. Okay, no, wait. Isn't it what happens is, like, Wayne takes over, like, this the, mannequin, the mannequin of a Shota boy? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He, he takes over this so mannequin of like a conspicuously hot Shota boy. <laughs> um, because like Shin Yao is like going to, or sorry, uh, Tone is trying to rescue Shin Yao and she's been taken captive by like literally Jack the Ripper or something or like is being attacked by like literal Jack the Ripper. And then we, we turn, we find out that like also the vampire Bishi boy named Vlad is literally Bram Stoker's Count Dracula. Like he is that Count well, Dracula. The idea is it's that these weird. supernatural creatures are based on like our idea of what they mm-hmm. are, like our energy and thoughts, like make them what they are. So, like, because people think a lot about Jack the Ripper and, like, are scared of him, therefore there is one, kind of. Right. Yeah. And the same thing with Dracula. (laughs) So, (laughs) wait, Mm -hmm. would that mean that, like, out there somewhere is, like, the manifestation of, like, the Twilight guy? 
Because everyone's thinking. <laughs> Robert <laughs> Pattinson. Wow. Will show oh, up. Man. Edward. <laughs> Jacob. Um, yeah, no, like, I, I, yeah, I assume they're out there. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, there's not much else to say about the second episode. Like, I'll continue to say, like, I like Shin Yao. Or, sorry, I like Shin Yao and um, Tone's relationship with each other. Like, they're just, like, really good friends. Like, they seem to have, like, a really nice, like, friendly, like, relationship. And, like, Tone is pretty cool. Like, she can, like... She's not afraid of these situations where she's in, like, mortal danger. Like, I guess she probably takes after her great-grandmother, who we keep hearing more about, who was in the middle of this stuff, too, and, like, had no fear. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, it was just funny how, like, the three guys in the cafe, like, really reminded me of Yotsuro Biori, like, at first. Because I was like, oh, it's three hot guys in a cafe. It could be another good one. I don't know. It's, like, it's okay. Like, the animation is a little janky. The character designs are okay, and the art is okay. I, th- yeah, I would I say would this say is like a perfectly like sort of average it, it, show. It is for know. a reverse harem. It is above average because most reverse yeah. reverse harems are absolute shit. There are very few yeah. reverse harems that have a main character that is not a robot, and I can say pretty confidently, like she is not a robot, and so that already puts it above mm-hmm. the curve for most reverse harems. Like she has a personality, like she she makes decisions for herself. And you even see her like flirting, kind of like cheekily sometimes with her. Yeah. And I'm like, there you go. Yeah, you have some character. You yeah. have some color. I, I appreciate that. Um, and it does have an interesting plot, like the whole thing with her grandma. It, it seems like they really gave her grandmother like a really deep story because they go into like she left her the grand great grandmother left her daughter behind in China and went to London. Because she felt like she had to do this thing and she had this path. It seems like there's a lot mm-hmm. there and it could be interesting to hear about. Um, yeah. I, I do think like the thing with all of them immediately loving her is a little irritating and pretty common. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just like, oh, we loved your grandma, so we love you too now. <laughs> Somehow. At least she seems, like, more deserving of this kind of love than, like, most reverse harem girl protagonists. Yeah. Like, who are just, like, a blank slate of nothingness, you know? Yeah, and so like, I would I say... She kind of deserves it. I would say it. if you're at all into reverse harems, like, this is definitely one to check out. It's better than most. It's not anywhere near as, as good as, like, Kukurio, in my opinion. But it's still pretty good for a reverse harem. It, it almost makes me hopeful that since this came out and Kakurio came out recently, that like they're getting better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because for forever, yeah. ever since I started watching anime, most reverse harems have been absolute dog shit. And I've just accepted this that I'm going to watch all of these and I'm going to hate them. And like at least now <laughs> they're a little bit better. So Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, the next show actually has like a similar type of feel. It's not a reverse harem or anything, but yeah, it's called Homes of Kyoto mm-hmm. or Kyoto Teramachi Sanjo no Homes, which is on Crunchyroll as well. I guess this is kind of like Seven Studio. a romance mixed with a mystery. That's what I would call it. Yeah. I don't know. It's like a romantic take on like a Sherlock Holmes type story, basically, where... Like, yeah, it's set in this antiquity shop called Kura, which is located in Kyoto, where, like, the grandson of the owner is named uh, Kiyotaka Yagashira. But he also goes by the nickname Holmes because he has, like, a very Sherlock Holmes-like ability and personality (laughs) that allows... (laughs) Uh, I I just... 
like his ability is maybe pushing the envelope a little bit. It's like oh yeah. kind of not like hard to believe. <laughs> but I still yeah, like that's it. That's how Sherlock Holmes kind of always is, though. You know, like he's like just on the edge of like what you would be able to figure out without like supernatural intervention or something. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, so like also like the the trick with his last name Yagashira is like the kanji it's written with can also be like read as Homezu. So that's another reason why he's called Holmes. But yeah, uh, into his shop stumbles this girl named Aoi Mashiro, who had recently moved to Kyoto from Saitama six months prior. And while there, she oversees like Holmes appraising like a counterfeit piece of pottery. And like he uses his like detective skills to spot out like all the reasons it's a fake, like it's too heavy, like the lacquer isn't like like how it should be. It's not like like uh, reflecting or anything. All these like weird reasons why it's like clearly a fake. I thought it was interesting um, though. <laughs> yeah, I like. Yeah, kind of learned a little about. I guess that what was a teacup or what a that type should of be pottery. Like. Yeah, like a tea mm-hmm. bowl. I think yeah. it was like a Chawan or something, T-Bowl. Or actually, no, that's in later in the episode or second episode. Um, yeah, like, so basically, yeah, he's got a real great talent for, like, appraising things. And so Owie had brought with her, the reason she's at the shop is she brought these paintings from her late grandfather, who was really inter- interested in collecting antiques. And, like, he takes a look at these paintings. He's, like, blown away because they're, like, ex- they're genuine and they're, like, extremely valuable like one of them, which is like a painting uh, of the, by this artist of an infant, is like priceless, mostly because of like the story that is related to the painting, and where like this painter like ha- like was forced to like take in a baby because of like false accusations against him, mm-hmm. but like he had no problem with taking in the baby like he like just only like gave it like unreserved love until like the accusations against him were dropped and he took he gave the baby back but like while he had the baby he painted a painting of it and like through that painting you can get to an understanding of like what he was thinking in those moments so it's kind of like a priceless relic of this like story um so yeah like Aoi is trying to sell these um, because she wants to buy a train ticket back to Saitama. She's like... Cool, because she's... So she's like the opposite of Shinya. she's going to go, like, right? kick like, her ex-best friend and her ex-boyfriend's asses. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, girl, you yeah. do it. <laughs> oh, come on, though. Like, okay, but I mean, like, shitty. I understand. You like, know they were fucking behind her back. It is. You know they were. <laughs> no one just like, oh, yeah. and now we're together. You know that shit was already going down. Oh, well, I don't know. I think there's a lot of times where, like, somebody leaves mm. to go far away, and, like, you've had this, like, triangle going no. that, like, wasn't necessarily romantic, but you were all close. No, not when it's that quick. And then, like, when that person leaves, there is a void that needs to be nah. filled, and you look at that person who's been there the whole time, and then, boom. Not when it's that no, quick. No, that's not that what happens. happened. That's not what happened at all. The, uh, what do you mean that's not what all happened? All three of them were still in the, the city together, and then they, the ex-best friend and boyfriend told her that they were dating they were getting together like she, as yeah, she, she was he, leaving the guy broke up with they were yeah. totally fucking uh, behind or, her back they were totally fucking behind her back just saying yeah the oh, wait i thought she found i thought she found out about this like at when she got to kyoto no, i guess she that was found confused. out no, no, as no, no. she her was leaving told her but like it took her yeah. the, like the train ride to kyoto to like have it sink in and like really start to fucking hurt her you know 
all right, that's fucked up, and you guys are totally right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, they were definitely doing things but, behind oh, her back. I just, I have, yeah, I have a question though. How much is yeah. a train ticket that she can't like work a part time job and get one? <laughs> <laughs> no, she needs to sell priceless art for one train ticket. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, <laughs> well, she's a teenager. It's funny because like he can't even. Uh, he tells her he can't even sell it or he can't buy it from her because like they have a policy they won't buy anything from people under twenty years old. So, yeah, like, she couldn't even have sold it if she wants to. But, like, yeah, then he sees that she's interested in the shop and everything. And so he offers her a job to basically, like, clean up the shop and help out. Mm-hmm. And so she takes the job so she can, like, make money to get a train ticket to go, like, beat the crap out of her friends, <laughs> like, basically. <laughs> she just says she wants to give him a piece of her mind, but I don't whatever that entitles. I hope but she... But she's also, yeah. when she's doing this job, mm-hmm. she's act, she's also, like, apprenticing to be an appraiser also. So that's kind of neat. Yeah, yes. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. She's basically the Watson to his homes. I, so yeah. I really like the characters <laughs> of this anime. Like the second episode <laughs> is all just about like a whodunit episode. And I didn't like it as much as the first one. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I understand that like the whole object and plot of this is supposed to be like a series of like mysteries and them solving the mysteries. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm in this show for. I'm in this show for the characters and like the good characterization that this anime portrays. Like even the even the characters mm-hmm. that are only in the show for an episode are set up really well. Like in the second episode, there are yeah. two sisters, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the the mystery plot is like there's two sisters. The big sister has been signaled out for this like ceremony where basically she is now the best, um, like the most beautiful person in the village, and she's going to be on this float and all of that. And like the little sister is like on the surface supportive, but like you kind of see like the big sister is kind of selfish and the little sister resents it, but like the little sister has her own issues too. I don't know. It's They're good characters for how little you see of them. Let's put it that way. And, like, I enjoyed the mystery in the second episode, but my problem kind of with it was there was absolutely no way to predict it, to try to figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there it was, was kind no of way. hard to predict this kind of thing. It was pretty elaborate. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I like the sister characters. Like, they were interesting. Like, I liked how they played against each other. But, yeah, it was hard to figure out, like what was going on with them like you knew it was something like and i knew like their friends who were like were go like they initially suspected i knew that was gonna be like a red herring immediately yeah it was purposely misleading and then they withhold like vital information for you to figure it out until like the show tells you what happens yeah right yeah (laughs) so i don't know yeah but i I agree with cat that like i think going forward the show seems to be capable of telling like good character stories, like even if they're just one episode long. Um, but I do want to find out, yeah, like more about it's kind of like Yotsuro Biori, where I want to find out more about like the family running the shop mm-hmm. and like his grandfather and his father and how they all feel about everything and like how he learned to become like such an incredible appraiser, like how his grandfather or father taught him like all the uh, things he knows. I think it will continue to be interesting. Yeah, really, for sure. For yeah. His grandfather is kind yeah. of like a silver fox. 
Like, <laughs> isn't he? He's good looking. Yeah, yeah. and also he hits yeah. on her immediately. I don't know. I thought that was cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I want to say, though, in that first episode at the end where he has that one liner where he's like, all Kyoto boys are nasty. <laughs> I really rolled my eyes just like, why did you do this show? God damn it. <laughs> Kyoto boys are nasty. Oh, Kyoto boys are nasty, so, baby. <laughs> oh, God. And they're bringing up in the second episode. But anyways, uh, I think I want to leave the room while Becom does this next one. Well, that's too bad, Leo, because there's only <laughs> one room. <laughs> <laughs> You're all trapped in here with us. All right. I'm excited. Uh, One room, second season. Let's go. New studio, Zero G, original anime. <laughs> this is an original oh, no. thought they came up with. It's not oh, much of a thought. It's more like, like an aborted <laughs> thought. Like they tried and then they gave up halfway through. Yes. Is there a game of this? No, I mean, no, I feel this like, is an original property. I, maybe they made a game afterwards. I don't know. I feel like this would be like better. It, a it would be novel, better, but right? it would work as a game too. If they made it a game, I, so I want to talk about that. They should yeah. make it so that when you click like, on the girl's skirt, she goes yeah, yes. and it like flutters a little bit. Well, that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking like they should make this anime as like a choose your adventure story because like that would make more sense than what they're currently doing. Like where it's like, oh, this shitty dude protagonist who is invisible, but like still has like clearly things that he's saying that just go unsaid that she reacts to. Like, why is this douchebag guy like making all the decisions? Like I should be making decisions for what happens to my waifu, right, Leo? Like you don't want some invisible oh. asshole making all the decisions. Yes, yeah, my thirteen year old waifu. Fuck. People messing like, with her. I want her. to choose my own adventure story where, like, I turn myself into the police. <laughs> oh, because God. I've been like gawking at twelve year olds. Uh, oh. but, yeah. I need help. Mr. Officer. <laughs> so, yeah, if you remember, I did impressions in the past on, like, One Room Season 1, which is a, basically a fan service show where they literally cut out the middleman because it's all shot from a first-person perspective as if you are, like, this girl's boyfriend or whatever. Um, I think you're but, like, it's not all first-person because, like, they do cut away to, like, a lot, like, a weird litany of, like, low-angle camera shots of, like, up her skirt and, like, down her blouse and, like, the side of her face. And it's like, okay, so it's not first person, really. It's just, like, kind of first person. And then, like, lots of fan service shots. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, the idea is, like, you're experiencing a relationship with this young girl for four minutes at a time every week. And, man, are they young girls. Like, the girl featured in this first arc, her name is Yui Hanasaka, and she's a returning character from the previous season. And, like, interestingly, I think she's the only returning character. Like, there will be two new girls in the other two arcs. And I would describe Yui as, like, an opai lolly because she's got those <laughs> boobies, but the rest of her body looks like it's 11 or 12 or whatever, 13 maybe at the most years old, um, which is, like, a typical character design these days. Basically, long story short, the first arc, you, like, go to the beach with her so you can stare at her in a bikini for a while. Oh, there's a better show for that this season. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. Uh, and then you go back to your apartment and you push her down on the bed and that's where it cuts because it's like suspense cliffhanger and then the second episode picks up from there and she's like not emotionally ready to have sex with you which like i think you could have picked up on by the fact that she looks like she's 12 
12 years fucking old. I was gonna but- go, this is the, this is the part where that meme pops up where like everybody comes rushing the like FBI breaks in through the room and starts shooting everywhere. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. I would love that. Oh does she have the so, does she have the bambi because- eyes? Is that is that what's going on in the scene? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, your heroic, invisible perspective character then seemingly starts to like ignore this girl because she wouldn't sleep with you oh. for like a week. Where she tries to follow you around at night and like figure out where you're going and stuff, and like you scold her for trying to find out why you've been a douchebag and like avoiding her this whole time. And that's like the whole third episode, and then the or the second episode, then the third episode, the final episode, you finally talk to her again. It turns out the reason you've been avoiding her is because you've been working nights and working a lot, so you could buy her a ring, a ring with the world's smallest gem. In it, I wish I had taken a picture or screen cap. It's like literally, like it's like a speck of dust on the <laughs> ring. It's so what tiny. I guess maybe it's supposed to be like a promise ring. It's not like an engagement ring necessarily. Um, and then the girl like breaks down crying because like she's just so relieved that you still are in love with her or whatever. And you, she put her through all this like unnecessary emotional turmoil for no reason, but she's very bag. happy. Yeah, it's like. It's just like another show that's like, you know, cute girls, the way to get them is just treat them like dogs and just like neg them into liking you and then give them a reward when they're like dying for it and they'll come crying into your open arms and stuff like this. Like, that's basically what this show is. And it's dumb. I think there's probably one more episode to this girl's arc. So I, I don't know. Maybe there's like, are you going to watch out. it? You see, you see young boys. <laughs> I'm not sure. If you emotionally manipulate girls into liking you, it might work for a while, but eventually they'll wake up and be like, oh, this is some bullshit. And then they'll leave. <laughs> or they'll wake up and be like, oh, this is some bullshit. And they'll run and get a knife from the kitchen. <laughs> oh. And plunge I mean, it into your God. fucking chest. <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, Let's not encourage murder on this podcast. Uh, maybe for this guy, though. This this fake anime guy, maybe. Will he bleed fake blood? Will it be colorless? I don't know. If if our main character gets stabbed, does that mean that like it's first person? Is it, is it us getting stabbed? Is that what Ooh. it is? God. See, that would be more interesting. If there was like a Yandere arc, like that would be fantastic. They, they should do a Yandere arc in I this show. I think I might watch that because it would feel good in the end. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're finding out that Leo so is good. a masochist. <laughs> no, it would I mean, feel the guy good gets in the just end. desserts. Uh-huh. That's why. <laughs> but you are the guy, Leo. You are the guy. Um, no, I'm, I'm uh, mentally taking a step back. I'm watching this from somebody else's perspective. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Okay. So that is the fantastic list of shows on Mondays. So let's move on to Tuesdays. Kat, you got right. this one. Y'all basic bitches, come gather around because we're going to talk about Overlord Season 3 because I'm pretty sure I'm the only Ooh. one who watched this with you. So we'll talk about this trash together. Okay. <laughs> more lizard so, sex? No, there's no more lizard sex. Not yet, anyway. So the last mm. season, I got really bored with Overlord, and I almost dropped it. I don't know about all of you guys out there. I was I was about done. I really liked Overlord season one. I liked the kind of etchy mixed with the guy who's the main character. I think his name is like Eins or whatever. Um, who He's like, mm-hmm. he's dumb, but like has to pretend that he's like the world's smartest guy like all the time. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, it's really fun. I, I enjoyed it a lot. But then they had to go and and make it about lizard sex and and weird megalomaniac princesses who are two faced and like other such things. <laughs> and and they made it way too serious in the second season as well. Like because a lot of the show revolves around Ains basically pretending that he is the hero and like assuming this one persona, but then behind the scenes being the villain as well and like using his minions to manipulate it. So like he's in charge of both of those things, so it looks like he's always the hero in the end. So he he's trying to get power behind the scenes. And it, it just got way too serious and I was just done. Um, but this season is back to the original tone where it's more lighthearted and like comedy driven with just an undertone of, well, we're going to take over the world eventually, like in the background. But instead of that heavy <laughs> drama, like the second season, there's a lot of like nice edgy scenes and like jokes between between like the underlings and stuff. And it's it, I'm really enjoying it again. Like there's the one scene where Albedo... Like, she's trying to ride this thing that's, like, the opposite of a unicorn, but she can't ride it okay. because even though she's a succubus, Wait, she's a virgin. What's the opposite of a unicorn? So, like, you know how a unicorn, you can only ride it if you're a virgin? What? <laughs> yeah, you've never... <laughs> I've heard yeah, this, it's, yeah. A, it's like a common yeah. myth with unicorns. So like because I've never heard that because it's the opposite of a unicorn. It's like a hell unicorn. She she can only oh, ride okay. it if she's not a virgin. So she can't ride it because <laughs> she's a virgin. Mm. <laughs> she's a virgin mm, succubus. Okay. So then she's like, I I need to have sex with Ains because that's the only way I can ride my <laughs> my horse. <laughs> <laughs> And then at the end of episode two, she like basically almost rapes him. <laughs> like it's it's hilarious. <laughs> it's great. I'm just surprised that hasn't happened already. It's like I two know. seasons in. <laughs> I kept waiting. Like she's got like pillows of him. She's constantly talking mm-hmm. about how she wants to have his baby. Like I thought she would have raped him yeah. like long before. But it, yeah, you, you finally get it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You finally get it. Like, it's off screen, but she, he's like, stop moving your hips. What are you doing? No. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they just had sex. At least in my But how my does he pervy. even have sex? He's a skeleton. I don't know. He has he's a bone. bone daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I guess. No, it's, it's enjoyable. Interesting. I think if you enjoyed season one and you, like, kind of gave up, you should try it again. See, see if you can get back into okay. it. I may go back and just go back into... Uh, uh, season three and maybe check it out but i've also uh, i mean i've read the manga too so i always thought that actually i don't oh go ahead sorry i didn't know you said i don't think the manga's barely ahead like i, I felt like the lizard stuff was just like very recently maybe mm-hmm. or it just hasn't been translated yet so i don't know huh i don't know anything about the manga. Tra- been translated. so that's interesting in the manga right now they're focusing on a butler guy so, you mean old butler gets, guy or butler guy with the glasses that is hot? No, the older butler guy. Oh, okay. Okay. He's like one basically his right-hand man also almost. Well, the Demir, Demir mm. gay, right? The one with the circle glasses? It's it's is, Sebastian. Is kind of his right-hand man. No. Yeah, Sebastian is the older guy. 
Yeah, he's the head butler, mm-hmm. it says here. Yeah. That's so it's kind of focusing on him at the moment. It's it's I like it. It's good. Okay. So I wonder if it's gonna catch up to it or not. Okay, that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. But yeah, no, like um Yeah, that sounds that sounds good. That sounds sounds like more of the parts that I liked about the first season, which were like the lighthearted, fun, goofy parts. Yeah. So that's good. Because I think that the the strength of this anime is just the characters are really unique and like well like well designed. I don't know. Like not not even their personalities. Like there's comedy in their personalities, but just like the different creatures and stuff are interesting and yeah, each one is pretty unique compared to the next one so mm-hmm. i will say that about it i can tell you that from the manga yep but but yeah so it's better it's not a thousand of them <laughs> oh like the thousand musketeers yeah oh boy <laughs> <laughs> senjushi oh all right i didn't yeah, watch this it is- but I want to hear what game. you say. Yeah. Is it based? The, weird, the weirdest thing about this show is the director, who Kenichi Kasai, he's directed like incredibly good anime before, like Honey and Clover or like Bakuman or like Amanchu. But then he did this for some reason. Well, I don't get it. It's like a shitty clone of Token Rambu. So, like, as someone who has faithfully watched all of Token Rambu, because I'm a bishi slut, um, this is like a shitty version of that, right? Like really shitty though. Yeah. Like unbelievably shitty. Oh, it's that bad? <laughs> it's Holy that, yeah. uh, okay. It's That's some of the worst animation I've seen in it's, a while. It's not it's well animated. Bad. Like, okay, you'll get shots of them in their hot costumes that are, are well animated, right? But then like mm-hmm. then they won't be well animated anymore, like ever again. It's just that no. one shot. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, well, why Why did you even bother to make this if you weren't going to put some effort into it? Because Token Rambu yeah. is always decently animated. Like, there's never any shots of them where you're like, oh, they look like shit. But half, most of this anime right. is them looking like shit. There's actually a scene in the second episode where they're all showering and they do these like long <laughs> pans like down their bodies like super slow mo <laughs> and i'm like i would enjoy this if this was halfway well drawn like this this doesn't even yeah. look good <laughs> like it looks like a little boy yeah cuz it's not well drawn so i don't give a shit mm. and and also they're like they scream out like ultimate nobility constantly or or is that what it is or is it something something nobility and they talk about yeah, it. Uh, oblige, noblesse, or something yeah, like they, that. They I don't talk know. about yeah. how they need to reach it all the time, and and then when they reach it, they like glow, and so like the the whole. So in Token Rambu, the whole thing is there's like these time villains, and they're like going throughout time. In this one, it's like the the villains are kind of like this like this um state that has taken over after like a nuclear war so like the, even the plots are kind of similar and in, in that like they all have to band together and like fight this this power that is attacking people <laughs> for the sake of the you know what i mean um it's very similar right, yeah um and when they when they fight they glow <laughs> and my thought was kind of like well maybe this is sort of like their radiation sickness <laughs> Since there was a nuclear war. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I honestly think this would have been better if they had just made this into a hentai and, like, kept the costumes. (laughs) (laughs) And called it... Stuff my musket, baby. Yeah, and called it, like, hardcore (laughs) history instead of... 
<laughs> not not to shit on the podcast, which I also really like that podcast. <laughs> Love that podcast. But, um, I, that would have been a better show than this show. So hardcore history. I'm never going to think of hardcore history <laughs> the same. Damn it! Why would you do this? <laughs> oh, oh. Well. Oh, that sounds yeah, like a yeah, big waste of time. Not much here with this one. Yeah, it was oh, really well. not. <clears throat> Uh, but there are some things you can be found on the back streets. <laughs> sometimes girls, sometimes not girls. Oh man, gender binary girls. neutral. I don't know what they are. <laughs> yeah, this show is gonna be airing on Netflix, but uh, it's been simul well, not simulcasting. It's been airing in Japan, so we've seen a couple episodes. Uh, it's from director Chiaki Kone, who directed things like Golden Time and like Junja Romantica and stuff. And it's based on a manga from JC and Studio JC staff. Um, Kat, you were the most interested in this one, so I'll let you talk okay. about it. So I, lo- I saw a lot of people just fucking hating on this anime. And I dreaded watching <laughs> it, and I dreaded watching it because I-, I wanted to see it so much at the beginning of the season. And I was so excited. And then people kept dumping on it. And I was like, oh, no. Like, I, I-, I almost can't bear to watch it. But you know what? I watched it, and it was actually pretty funny. Like, it's not as bad as everyone is saying it is. The animation is absolute dog shit. Like, it's it's bad. (laughs) But the humor... It's like, not. it's not even that it's bad. It's just like, they don't, they just don't animate a lot of stuff. Like, it's kind of like what Senjushi does sometimes, too. It's like, they just, like, pan over long, like, still motion scenes, and like... And, like, yeah, the animation of the characters looks kind of like a, an American TV show more, like Archer or something, mm-hmm. or, like, or Aqua Teen Hunger Force is the thing I would... It's close to, like, when, like, the dude with, like, the fucking, like, you know, wife beater and the sandals and Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I don't know if you know his name, Leo. Oh, like, whenever, whenever he's I talking. Used like, to. <laughs> he reminds me of, like, the boss of these, like, three Yakuza guys who have been t- turned into idols. <laughs> I can tell you right else, there's Shake, Frylock, Meatwad. The Meatwad. And Carl. 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 Yes. It's like Carl from Aquatine Hunter Force <laughs> is like their boss. Uh, but like more yakuza up. But yeah. Oh, Kat, continue. Sorry for interrupting. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Like it's, it's, it's got that really crude humor that like makes you crack up. Mm-hmm. Like they have this song that they sing. That's their best idol song. And it's like Cup of Love. Yeah. And it's just it's just based on the idea that like Yakuza drink the sake cup together. Like <laughs> yep. none of none of these idiot fans can see like what, what it's what they what they actually mean. <laughs> it's it's yeah. hilarious. Um I don't know. It's all about like these guys who have been turned into girls, but they clearly still see themselves as men and feel like men. And so there's like this weird disconnect between how they look and how they act around like other people and how they act when they're alone or like how they act when they're, you know, guard is down kind of. Um, Mm. There's this one point um, in the first episode, even where one of the guys that caused them to get into this huge mess that made them have to get the sex change because basically they got into this huge mess where they lost their boss a lot of money. And that's why he was like, Either mm-hmm. either you turn into idols or I'm going to kill you. The guy who got... Or like sell your organs yeah, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, that would kill you. But the guy who got yes. them into that 
he becomes like their, one of their biggest fans and he goes to one of their meet and greets and they're like just staring <laughs> him down like, oh, this guy, this is the reason we had to do this. <laughs> oh, we have to keep strong. And all of the, the, her, their other fans, they're like, oh, you're sexually harassing them. And they like mob them. <laughs> and they mob this guy. Yes. <laughs> They beat the shit out of this guy. And, and, they, and they end up getting their revenge from their creepy idol fans yes. mobbing him. It's pretty awesome. Like, it's it's funny. <laughs> it's a good show. Yeah. And it's, it definitely has its funny moments. Like, it's not all, like, my personal, like, sense of humor. Like, and it's not, like, animated well. But, like, it does have its funny moments. Even if it's just, like... The way that these like idol girls sit, like their yakuza guys with their arm, their like legs wide open, <laughs> yes. and their underwear just like out there, like oh, <laughs> it's, it's funny. And I also like they go through like brainwashing, right, mm-hmm. to become idol girls. They're like we watched like hours and hours of feminizing idol imagery or whatever. <laughs> like after all this, like they come back and like w- two of the girls get really pissed off at one of the other ones, like when she like. She like accidentally like bends her ankle and says like kya. <laughs> They're like kya. What the fuck is kya? What do you mean kya? Are you an idol girl now? What well, the fuck? I, I think it's like yeah, you're, it's really you're in your this private is... like life. Don't do that. It's like don't give in. Yeah. So I did, and I enjoyed the manga at the beginning, but it's the jokes are just old at this point and i feel feel like the anime is going to go the same way like you may enjoy the first three or five episodes and then you're going to be like hmm this is like the first half (laughs) yeah it was like even the first episode the first episode was like broken up into like four separate chunks Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah it's like these are like basically manga chapters that it's covering or whatever and it's Mm -hmm. like yeah maybe this should have been like a half-length show or something because i feel like that might have worked better chapters are pretty short actually yeah they're like maybe 10 pages sometimes. Oh, okay. So yeah, it feels like they're doing like four chapters an episode or something like yeah. that, basically. It, it's funny how their Yakuza boss is their uh, management also. <laughs> yes, it is funny. <laughs> so, uh, how about managing something else? Ooh, okay. All right, yeah. Yeah, so the next, episode, the next show is Tonegawa Middle Manager. So, okay. I don't know. Have you ever seen KGBcom? Because I know you and I are the ones who watch this. Oh, Kaiji? No, I have uh, not seen it. It's got like two, like twenty-six episode seasons or something, or like that. So yeah, that and that's a problem because like this show definitely feels like you should watch Kaiji well, before you watch this show to get the most out yeah, of it. Yeah, because because like I wanted to see if you could watch this without watching like what it's based on because it's supposed to be a prequel Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be before kaiji but there's a lot of um flashback like remember this remember that scenes in (laughs) in the episodes where i'm like if they if they cut that out i did not need to know that to enjoy the show like they could have just not said any of that shit and it would have been a well, better especially show. Especially like the first couple minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah, the first couple minutes felt like, let's just spoil all of Kaiji for our viewers for no real oh, reason. I know. And I was like, oh, great. They spoil the part <laughs> where like the, the manager eventually has to like bow and like burn his face or something. And it's like, well, I don't want to know yeah. that. Right now I'm like interested in the manager as a character. I don't want to know that he burns his face off eventually. Maybe that was information right. I could have learned later. I agree. <laughs> yeah. It just felt out of place and unnecessary. Yeah. 
But I do, I do admit that the the comedy just focuses on how frustrating and hard it is to be a middle manager. And of course, part of the comedy is that like the company is a yakuza company, and so that that's its own shit. But like a lot of the stuff that they deal with is is just shit that goes on in all companies, like annoying things when right. you're when you're managing a group of people and like. They're, they're awkward and they don't want to work together and they don't have like two brain cells to rub together sometimes and you're like trying to coax stuff out of them but like you also have to please your boss and like you're kind of caught between them like a sandwich and you're getting crushed like slowly under the weight of your stress. <laughs> yeah. If you've ever felt like that, <laughs> you will enjoy the comedy <laughs> in the show. <clears throat> for sure so like yeah if you were like a japanese salary man in a management <laughs> position like this is like your show like 100 well, percent. and i'm but sure yeah, i think like i'm sure that these, like, like can be mm-hmm. yeah i'm sorry oh no i was gonna say these can be messages that like can reach other people as well like around the world if you've worked in like a corporate environment yeah for sure yeah it's it's like a show it's a comedy about like how shitty corporate corporate life is sometimes in my opinion but also you're right. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. Like how popular this could be in Japan just because there are a lot of <laughs> older salarymen yeah. in Japan who like a lot people are going to relate. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Like what time does this air? Cause it almost makes me wonder if it like airs late at night. Like when salarymen come home. Pro- yeah. Like from the bar. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I'm, I assume it does. Like the original manga is like from a seinen magazine. So it's like definitely targeting like m- like men of a certain age mm-hmm. for sure. So I'm, I'm just like imagining well. a bunch of them coming home at like 11 o'clock at night from like whatever pub that they went to with their coworkers. They like sit on the couch and yeah. watch this and like commiserate on their yeah, shit. Yeah, just like laugh at this. Like, yeah. yeah. I can definitely imagine that. Oh. Uh, I think the narrator of this series needs to lay off the fucking cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> the narrator is like insane, or he needs to go like announce baseball games or like wrestling matches or something. Like he's just he, oh, it's so funny. Like I, I assume it's the same narrator from like Kaiji, maybe mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, I don't know if that's true or not. But like he is bizarre. Like, <laughs> it just seems like such a I weird. Throwback. I don't even know if it's like he's taking cocaine. It's it's almost more like he's on acid <laughs> or something. Like it's like a strange. <laughs> I don't know. It's a strange point of view. Mr. Tonagawa! (laughs) It's just like so ridiculous. Oh, man. Uh, Also, apparently bowling is very popular among... Oh, I know. Like subordinates at this company. Like every, the, I liked the joke where it's like he's trying to meet all of his like subordinates and like remember their names and they all have names that sound exactly the same. And like whenever they like the other way to differentiate them is like, oh, tell us what your hobby is. And every single one of them says they love bowling. Yes. He's <laughs> just like, God damn it. I'm going to rename all of you and you're all going to get new hobbies. <laughs> I also really like the imagery with them being clams. Like in the second episode, oh yeah, he's like, I need, I need to pry them open <laughs> and extract their information. There's a lot of good, weird, like imagery for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> I liked part of episode, episode three. They like they go on like a company retreat mm-hmm. uh, and like they barbecue and stuff, and it's just it's just kind of ridiculous. Like, and there's a lot of crazy imagery. Like, and it's just like if yeah, if you've ever had like a corporate like team building exercise, oh. like I think you get a kick out of this episode, mm-hmm. you know. Hey, I just had one last Friday. We went bowling. <laughs> oh God! Well, this <laughs> this is for you. You, you would you would relate. <laughs> you should watch this, Leo. <laughs> it's just kind of ironic. Uh, <laughs> 
Why do? Yeah, How about I this next one? This show. Why it's do corporations <laughs> always pick bowling when they want to do a team? It's thing? an easy. It's just easy, and it's not that overly priced. I'd say. I guess. Yeah, it's something everybody can do. It's not like. It's like a level playing field, really, because like men and women can go bowling like equally as well. Like, there's no like crazy athletic component to it that some people can't do. I don't know. Have you um, seen the bowling fails compilation on the internet? <laughs> no, but I will now. We we just watched that in the Discord like a couple nights ago. Actually, oh, God. <laughs> that is that Sounds is like good, good shit. All right. <clears throat> All right. Well, any anything else on this before we move to the next one? No, I think we're good. Do you know right. how to pronounce this one? I'm not. No, I'm not 100 sure. I would sure. love to figure it out. I think it's, I'm going to keep pronouncing it in my weird French way, yeah, which is angle more. That's how I pronounce it too. Yeah. Angle more. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I don't know if that's angle moist. I don't know. Record of Moise. Mongol invasion yeah. is the subtitle, so that helps. Um, yeah. So before we get into this. Uh, We'll probably end up picking this one up, so I did do a little uh, more thorough with the episodes. They're a little bit smaller, but there's one there's one thing that uh, we have a big difference on. Kat oh, yeah. and I really like how this anime looks, but you have a problem with it, right, Becom? Oh. I do. I have one big nitpick with it, and it's that it's I'm, a whole bunch of people have talked about this. It's And I saw it as soon as we started watching it, and it's they have this like layer of like what looks like I don't know. You can actually see it best when they're playing the ED because the scene goes all black for a moment and you can see it there. I was going to say when they, when they actually transition scenes and they have a black screen, it's still there also. Exactly. It's just a, it's a filter they've placed over the whole show. Uh, Some people would describe it as like Vaseline over a piece of glass. I think what they're kind of going for is like distressed paper as if this story is being told on like the paper that would have been used at the time. I was kind of getting like a really, really opaque uh, gray asphalt is how I look at it or like a stone. That's how that's what I see. And I think the reason is like I think the the reason they're doing this is like, oh, this is a historical story and we're going to make it look like kind of historical mm-hmm. from the time but mm-hmm. to me it just kind of ends up being a little bit distracting because it feels like I'm looking through like smudgy glasses and half of the time I'm already wearing smudgy glasses so I'm like <laughs> this is just too many layers of smudgy glasses I, I like totally I just want to look at this anime I do understand that's like a personal problem though <laughs> I mean if you have glasses you feel that like you can never get your damn glasses clean enough let me tell you Oh it doesn't gosh. take away like too much from the show, but it is like weird and a little distracting for me. There was also like they did like a rain effect in the first episode when they're on the boat, where they mm-hmm. just like it was like they literally like took like a pencil and like scratched the surface of the animation like yeah. with lines that were supposed to represent the rain, which was an interesting style, but like I thought they overdid it. Um, so yeah, there's just like a couple aesthetic things I thought they overdid, but otherwise, I actually uh, I, really like this. I, I would so. also like to say, unless it's night or raining, they have an orange filter over the goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it, all, it all looks very orange, orange or brown yeah. or orange. Yeah, all the time. It kind of yes, felt like I they agree. were trying to yeah. mimic like Japanese art in some weird way. Yes, which is I not definitely a, think that's what they're going it's not for. Not a bad thing. I mean, I kind of like it. At least it, it's no. unique and different. It made me. Yeah, it made me think of the movie Gladiator, which is mm-hmm. either has an orange f- screen over it or has a blue screen over it. The whole the whole movie. Right. So it's really weird. 
But, I also watched a, mm-hmm. an anime recently called Mononoke, uh, which tells a lot of like old tales of this like medicine seller main character, and that one literally looks like a moving painting, like even more so Ooh. than this anime does. Okay. So that like that, I, I guess I maybe I would have liked this if it had gone even further towards that weird style, but like it's here it's like somewhere half in between where it's just like a little distracting rather than like a full like fully realized like visual experience or something but anyway leo should get into telling us like what this is actually all about yeah so okay let me give you a pretty good summary of the first episode our main character is named kuchi jinzaburo and apparently was some like really great general in an army that's now defunct i believe it was a former samurai Mm -hmm. um he's been in prison for his crimes is being sent to an island along with other criminals that are sentenced to die uh, it's there's a really bad storm and like some of the criminals get free and attack the guards and Gucci eventually stops these criminals and like everybody else kind of like is on his side now and he like shows us his badass fighting skills which, which looks amazing <laughs> and he also has a very specific uh, sword style called uh, Gikei mm-hmm. yeah so they end up making it to the island and a princess greets them and gives them food but Gucci knows something is up and the princess says that they will all be put into her army to defend against the Mongolians uh, that are stationed, I guess, and they're getting ready to come over and kick their butt. Uh, during the night, a six-man team of Mongolians, it's like basically their special forces squad, uh, yeah. uh, attempt to kidnap the princess, and they almost get away with it. I mean, they got her bound and gagged, and they're running away. Uh, but then uh, Kuchi and his ragtag team of criminals uh, basically shows up and stops him. Uh, princess's guards are basically useless against this six-man team and then again coochie shows us how fucking badass his fighting skills are it looks it's the fight scenes are look awesome i look really they do like look them. pretty darn good yeah yeah <laughs> uh he ends up dispatching the lesser guys and locks in battle with the leader who uh i guess mysteriously says this oh you use the same style as me and then he retreats to his ship and like sails away <laughs> Uh, I'd also like to note there are a little bit of like superpowers going around. Like yes. there's yes. one guy who can see in the dark and another, the guy who just fled, he jumped from the shore all the way to his ship. Yeah, that was like that was a some bullshit. football field. Yeah. <laughs> and also that guy was like interestingly like European or something. He had blonde hair. And yeah. so it's interesting to see how he's going to be involved. There are in some this whole things thing. in this anime that make me worried because I kind of wanted them to make this a pure historical anime, like purely mm-hmm. like this is what happened, like with maybe a few anime style characters in it. But like I wanted them to be very strict about like this is a historical anime, and I'm seeing things that like kind of conflict with that, <laughs> like the superpowers and. Well, Some of the if anime. they stay at this level of superpowers, I think I would be okay because it's just kind of adding to the action, so to say, maybe. Yeah. But I well, it, in the second episode, they kind of get more realistic. Yeah. You guys want me to go there? Go ahead. Yeah, go on to that. So, second episode, Coochie gets invited to a strategy meeting and gets kicks out for basically for, forcing his opinion, and it's obvious. Uh, he, he later runs into like an old friend who's returning to the mainland to gather an army of like. 3,000 uh, and he asks Kuchi to hold the island for seven days while he gathers the army and returns uh, the task seems near impossible since there's maybe an army of 300 he has to defend with against uh, like a thousand Mongolians but these are the numbers they're giving us uh, well the island army ends up going to the bay to fight the Mongolians and they do pretty well while they're in the valley but when they get to the shore the Mongolians start launching bombs at them 
And this is kind of more realistic because they're like, they don't even know what bombs are. They don't know about gunpowder, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, what the fuck is, are these things going on? Uh, yeah, when I when I was reading up about this conflict, like one of the major technological advancements during this conflict is like going to be like hand thrown explosives at some point are going to be used. Yeah, they were just using uh, trebuchets to launch them from their ships. Yeah, the, the Mongols are like launching those things. Yeah, yeah so <clears throat> they retreat, but then like the Mongolians come in and obliterate them, and the main chief gets killed. But like he locks eyes with a uh, coochie, and he's like he's like telling him, you know, protect my daughter the princess or whatever so mm-hmm. i and i don't know how many people are left that coochie has to defend this island against this huge army of mongolians so it's pretty unclear but he yeah he talked to this the monk guy right and the monk's like you need to hold this for like seven mm-hmm. days and i'll be back with a lot of reinforcements from the mainland mm-hmm. yeah, I believe yeah tsushima is interestingly placed like in the ocean between korea and like southwestern japan so it's like, yeah, it's the first stop on that like merchant trade route between Korea and Japan. But like at the time, Korea has basically just been made a vassal of the Mongolians by Kublai Khan's mm-hmm. like like repeated like raids. Um, and so yeah, now they have their eyes on Japan and stuff. So yeah, it'll be, I mean, it'll be interesting second, to see the, how that goes. The second episode was better. I'm just like suspicious of of the first episode, and I'm like hoping that shit doesn't come back. But I, I am really enjoying <laughs> the anime. Like I did, I do really like it so far. So yeah, there's, there's also the princess also has a little uh, female ninja too. But she oh, hasn't done yeah. anything yet, but she's been in both episodes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure she'll get her big scene where she gets to kick some ass. So I'm looking forward to that. I I don't. I will say that I think that the oh sorry. I don't really like the character of the princess. She kind of annoys the shit out of me. Like she had this scene in the first episode where she was all like, I'm a badass and I've got an attitude mm-hmm. and all of this. And then she does like a 180, like later in the same it was episode. Just a front. And she just, just like act, crumbles right? yeah. and like sobs in the corner. And I'm like, What? And I was like, Boo, get this bitch out of here. Like <laughs> <laughs> Hey, she gets her act back together right at the beginning of the second episode though. That's when she becomes like refine that she needs to save her people or protect her island i know so. it just seems like like she's got these drastic swings in character <laughs> i don't know but she, she has this like archer girl who is like her, one of her servants or retainers or something and like she's super hot oh yeah so the, that's i okay. mean the archer girl is, is hot yeah so yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll give but you yeah, that i was gonna say like the one thing i'll say about like the supernatural like relations to this anime feels somewhat appropriate to me because of the way that this mongolian invasion like basically ends with like the first like kamikaze actually i think this is the second mongolian invasion like the other one happened like seven years prior six years prior or something Mm -hmm. Uh, because they were talking about how there's 900 ships and that lines up with the second invasion by the mongols but yeah it's it's not going to end well for the mongolians or their korean and chinese vassals that are sailing over there's some there's some bad weather I'm trying coming to figure out who this archer girl you're talking about is and i think you're just talking about the princess no no her name's like kano or yeah, something it's it's, it's the princess's like yeah. servant who comes riding in on the horse in the first episode you remember her that was the wasn't that the ninja no that's i don't know if she's a ninja I don't or know, not but, but yeah she's her servant know. But while Leo figures that out, we can go (laughs) to a short commercial break. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Trash Pandas bring you this nugget from another trash can. 
What happens when brains and bullets discuss episode two of One Punch Man? Pretty much gene splicing heads. They will oh, sp- yep. Yep, 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 yep. They will splice genes. They have a, a cyborg gorilla. They have a frog that walks on two legs and communicates at long range. Like, they got... You think it, they splice... The Lion King? Yeah, they, they have the li- they have a f***ing lion. Beast <laughs> King. And... Simba. Yeah, he's f***ing Simba. I don't mean he's f***ing Simba. I mean he's f***ing Simba. We at Trash Pandas Watch Anime dig through the trash so you don't have to. You can find the Trash Pandas Watch Anime podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter where we'll get live updates from what we do. Hey. Hey. Do you like wrestling? Whether it be in a bar, an arena, some weird place in Asia, or in a stadium. Or the occasional penis plex. Well, if any of these things might tickle your fancy, anywhere in between from penises to wrestling, you can come and check out our podcast. Our podcast name is Smack It Down. We talk all things WWE, New Japan, anything else in between. I'm Jay Silver. I'm Corey Gold. And we look forward to you joining us. Happy Rusev Day. Happy Rusev Day, indeed. Hey, Colin, did you get the cardboard cutout of Console Kev? Did I ever? It's amazing. Oh, I think so, too. I hate that guy. Oh, oh, uh, Kevin, what are you doing here? Oh, you know, just eavesdropping all the, you know, the bad things you say about me. My usual Wednesday. Oh, well, did you at least prepare for the Retro Gaming Podcast? Absolutely not. Oh, God, that figures. All right, it's okay. I'll take it from here. Basically... Uh, we pick a theme every time, and we pick a number of games based on that theme. You know, just like our first episode, where it lasted forever, and we talked about space games. Yeah, and other good, you know, all the mainstream systems and games you love, like the 3DO, the Atari Jaguar. Oh, come on! Colin, you back me up here. The 3DO is awesome, right? Mm, yeah. Oh, I thought we were friends. I mean, it's cool. Uh, oh, all right. If you want to hear three guys talk about games that are bad because JD picked them all and good games that Kevin picked, join us. Who here wants to see a bunch of nerds talking video games with a little bit of anime thrown in there? Nobody? Just me? Damn! Well, speaking of anime, we... Colin, we have an anime cast as well. Yes, we do. All retro anime. (laughs) Many of which I have never heard of myself. And I'm a weeb! Very similar premise there. We we pick a retro anime, at least 15 years or older, and we review it every episode. We also keep up on all the modern stuff, all the seasonal things from the year. Hey, Kevin, you just got back into wrestling, right? I did. Oh my god, did you know we also have a wrestling cast that just started? I do now, because nobody tells me anything. Ah, oh, well what do you think of the big dog these days? He still sucks. Well, that's good. Well, luckily, we just don't complain about WWE stuff. We also talk about a lot of the latest and greatest from from the rising indie scene, New Japan, and Ring of Honor. I like rings and honor. Ah, oh, well, you should definitely listen to the Redleaf Retrocast. We have such a wide range of topics, ideas to, to discuss, and just anything to review. It's fantastic. Don't you guys think so? It's all right. Absolutely. And thanks again for the Sailor Moon episode. That's got me a lifetime supply of salt for my fries. From the fans. Ha! That's the Red Leaf Retrocast. All things gaming, anime, and wrestling. Found on all your favorite podcasting websites. 
And we're back. And I was right. The princess <laughs> is the archer girl and her f- friend is the ninja girl. So you were right. We looked Yay. up the characters. <laughs> yeah, her name is Kano. Kano. Yeah, she is like her servant, but she doesn't use a bow and arrow at all. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, okay, we're now on to Wednesday's shows. And the first one we have is free. Did you binge watch right. it like you said you were? I did. I caught up on all of free wow. except for the movie. That's, that's that, impressive. Uh, it's not quite out yet. That's, that's impressive. impressive. Yeah. Yes. Make us free. It was a fun to time. Splash. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say like I had good times with this watching this show. Um, especially the first season, I really liked a lot. Uh, a pattern with the first two seasons is that like the final episodes or like the final couple episodes of each season are like spectacular mm-hmm. where like the middle is like okay and like the beginning is pretty good it's pretty solid but like man these the, this these seasons really end extremely well which like makes you want to keep going and watch the next one okay um, yeah well i'm glad like, i'm glad i, I like, got you to watch it because most guys will not yeah. touch free with a 10 foot pole and you can tell them right become it is not a girly show. It is not only for girls. It is not only for girls. However, <laughs> okay. The so the first season I would say is very balanced in that it's like it's like a good like normal sports anime show like following these guys like pursuing their dreams. There's a little bit of drama. There's a little bit of Kyoani flair, and there's like a tiny bit of like there's a dash of like Fujoshi baits. Like oh all yeah, over I the mean way. there's there's shirtless men yeah. who are like epically yeah. drawn in all of their glory yeah but and it's just like any other Joanny show aimed like where it's moe boys instead of moe girls that's really all it is it's just moe boys but like also doing sports the second season though they kicked the fujoshi part into overdrive a little bit like there is literally a character whose name is kisumi just so they could have the guys constantly saying kiss me kiss me kiss me oh boy <laughs> like, with pink hair and stuff like there, there were parts of the second season, like especially early on, like the first five or six episodes, where I was like, okay, this is like, this feels more like they're selling me like a Fujoshi product rather rather than telling like a good story. Mm-hmm. But then the second half of season two was also really good with interesting arcs that focused on like injuries and like swimming through injury and like the final arc, which was all about like the, everybody figuring out what their future was going to be after high school, at least for the half of the team that is leaving. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's where it leaves us with season three, which is really interesting because, like, two of the guys have moved on to college and two of the guys are still on their high school team and we're still following both stories, which is Mm kind of cool. Like, not a lot of anime, like, do this all the time with sports where, like, you still really keep up with the guys who are in high school who got left behind Mm -hmm. while following the guys who moved on. Like, usually, like, you would just stay in high school and, like, occasionally the guys who are in college would, like, show up or something to, like, root you on or remind you something yeah i yeah. yoamushi Yomushi pedal style kind of where like you see them occasionally oh, they do that okay yeah but like you never they never come back yeah no i i like and and they hint later on in like the first or second episode that they might swim together this season because there's like a <laughs> some sort of compet a swimming competition where it doesn't matter what age you are or if you're in high school or college you can compete yep. as long as you beat this time and so i could totally see Kind of like the old group getting back together for that particular event, but then them also yes. forming this new group with their people in college. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 
there's a new character that's introduced, like the biggest new character. His name is Ikuya. And I mm-hmm. feel like two ways about this guy. And I think Kat will probably agree. Cause like, I think the way they set him up is, is interesting. Cause he is sort of a loner and he has reasons for being a loner. And in, in the fact that he was basically like on a team in middle school with Haru, the main character, or like one of the main guys. And like he, Haru and Asahi, who was his, another teammate back then, who is now in college with Haru at the same college on the swim team. Mm-hmm. They basically quit the team and like, didn't even tell Ikuyo that they were, quitting and leaving and just like abandoned this guy who was in a relay with them so now as a reaction to that like he hates relays he never wants to be anybody's teammate and lucky for him there's like a perfect swimming event for that which is called the individual medley Mm -hmm. which is where like he he was in the beginning episodes racing like the 200 meter individual medley which is where like you go down doing like one stroke and come back to another like you do all four of the main strokes over the course of that race um so yeah, he's doing a medley or a relay all on his own, basically, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to have anything to do with them. The problem comes into like, and I think Kat can talk about this, where it's like he just feels a bit of like like a repeat character. Yeah. Or like a repeat story arc. Like the whole drama with them having been past teammates. And like it's it's a different team from like the one he was on with Ren too. So it's almost like they're now they're just ma- they're like making up another team <laughs> that he was on just so they can have a new right. character. And he's very similar to Ren in a lot of ways. Like you pointed out and I thought this was interesting cuz I didn't think about this how similar he is in Haru like to Haru in some ways. <laughs> cuz I just kept thinking yeah. like he's a lot like a repeat of Ren that's just more quiet. And, um, yeah, to me, he's like both of them. Honestly, when I first saw him on the train and like that guy called him Ikuya, mm-hmm. I was like, is that like Haru's new nickname or something? Like, I literally thought he was Haru. Like, he looked so similar to Haru and acted so similar that, like, I guess I wasn't paying close enough attention. I was like, I, I thought this was just literally Haru who has like a new college haircut. <laughs> that that got new like red that. contact lenses. <laughs> he wanted yeah. to be trendy. Yeah. I felt pretty dumb later, but I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. But yeah, like he he has that like quiet stillness of Haru. He's clearly like copied like Haru's like freestyle technique. Um, So he's definitely learned from him. Uh, But like, yeah, like Rin, he has those issues like dating back to like middle school of like feeling abandoned Mm -hmm. or like feeling like he was let down by his teammates for not believing the same way that he did uh, in swimming. Uh, and so, yeah, he has that same kind of grudge against Haru from way back then. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure it'll play out a different way. Like, I don't expect I don't this to know. play out the same way everything did. I I don't know. Like, it just feels okay. So, I do. I really like how it seems more sporty this season. Like, it seems like they're mm-hmm. focusing more on the competition, which you and me talked about, Become. Yeah. Like, it seems it, like there's like all of these shots of them like really swimming hard, and I don't feel like you got as many of those shots in the first two seasons. So I was really impressed with like the mm-hmm. level of action sequences that they, they animated. Cause like, it's really good animation mm-hmm. too. Like damn good. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Like the swimming animation is so fantastic in like all three seasons of this show. It's just like, it's so dynamic. It's the whole the time. It it's is like, yeah. dynamic. Like, it's the, the, 
Yeah. Yeah. The the first the first time they really turn on that animation was in the final episode of season one mm-hmm. with like the final race, and it's just so mind blowingly good. And then like they've they've gone back to that well a couple times now, but like like you said, like it seems like they're showing it off more and more often now. Mm-hmm. Maybe because they're like more experienced at like how to how to draw this, how to animate it. But like they've just they're like masters at it now, and it just looks awesome, and they can they can do really interesting things with it. So well, and it, it feels yeah. to me more like they're highlighting the glory of swimming as a sport as opposed to like the first two episodes where it's like highlighting people's love of being in the water but not necessarily right. it just as a sport. This seems more like they're highlighting it. Like, look how amazing the sport of swimming is. Look how awesome it is. Look how athletic it is, which I personally loved because mm-hmm. I was on the swim team for years. So I was like, oh my gosh, I, I was excited. <laughs> um, I do feel like this third season has a different tone. Um, I'm not, not sure yet if I bit. totally hate the tone, but I think it's because it has a new director. Um, it does, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, of course, like it's going to be a little different. I, I understand that. So, yeah. And the other thing you were talking about, like with um, Haru, kind of like, or well, Haru's moving forward a bit, right? Because like mm-hmm. at the end of last season, a lot of stuff happened. He he had to come to terms with like what his future was going to be, and like like the trip to Australia at the end of season two with Rin was really a strong point of that season. And like redefining what Haru's character is going to be going forward. And they've planted some seeds now where it's like there's this like mysterious older man who might may or may not be a swimming coach who like comes up to Haru and is like, you know, are, are you sure all you want to swim is free? Like you don't want to like try any other strokes or something like that. And like uh, also like in the first practice of the season, he tells uh, I think Asahi that. Like Asahi asked him, do you still only swim free? And he's like, well, no, actually. I swim all the other strokes during practice now. Mm-hmm. But when it matters at most, I swim free. So I, I think they're planning to see that like, he will swim individual medley at some point this season. Or yeah. I, maybe in the future, I, I at least. I think he will expand but, yeah. as a character and grow. And I like that. I personally, my gripe with this... I really like the sport aspect. I'm really excited to see these competitions. Because I think this this season will be very competition heavy and I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see all these people, these new characters and our returning characters like swim against each other and see what happens. However, I, I, I also like, I, I wish that instead of introducing this, like, old, like this new character from his past that we didn't know about before, they had just introduced yeah. him as a totally new character that he was now meeting in college and learning to get along with someone new and make new friends while also keeping his old friends. Because I personally feel like there was so much drama already in this series that they didn't need to introduce any new drama into it. They could have just continued the storylines that were already there. And it just seems like more added drama that didn't need to be in this. What with like the sports dynamics that they're introducing that weren't kind of that were really like a back burner before. So it seems like it almost seems like the new director didn't quite know what to do with like the personal relationship aspect of the show because he's new. And so instead of like going his own way, he used this like new character from Haru's past as a crutch to like repeat the same to repeat the same storyline yeah. that was already done. You know? Yeah, that could definitely be like the case. Like it does feel like that a bit. 
Yeah, and, and maybe maybe I'll find out I'm totally wrong. Maybe I'll like it. And I do still think I will like parts of the season a lot. And I still love Free. And because it's like the only swim anime almost. And like it's it's so well animated yeah. and I adore the heck out of it. I just don't know about that particular like arc in it. So we'll see. Are you yeah. guys done with this yet? Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really <laughs> it's interesting a, show. It's a good so, like, show, yes, we are Leo. Done. You need to watch it. Okay. Damn it. Let, okay, let's let's uh, freestyle our way out of this because I give zero interest <laughs> about it and talk about the next one. Uh, okay. Oh, because you're so much more interested in this one. Oh, <laughs> nope, I know. Nope, I'm right? just ready to get past this one too. <laughs> All right, um, Cat. I think you have this one. It is Steinsgate Zero, continuing with episodes 13 and 14. Okay, so the next two episodes of Stein's Gate, the soap opera, um, Kagari gets her memory back and clings to Mayushi like a baby squirrel. Uh, Then we find out that Kagari has been brainwashed, and that's why she doesn't remember anything. Oh, and apparently she was trapped in some abandoned, like, facility in a room for 12 years. At, like during that time that she was missing like she doesn't remember anything because like like okay they find this room she scribbled mommy all over yeah, the walls they find yeah. this room and it, it's just got like mommy mommy where are you like in it everywhere like a fucking horror film and i'm just like okay God. like apparently she's also insane because like who wouldn't be insane if they get trapped in a room by themselves for 12 years i'm pretty sure you'd be insane um and then as you find out more and more that she's been brainwashed, she's like walking down the street and like this van that's passing by plays this song and she goes all zombie mm-hmm. mode. Kagari goes all zombie mode and it like just walks off and is like, I hear the voice of God. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's like, something's been triggered. She's like a sleeper agent or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then she disappears for months and then later, I think in the set in the fourteenth episode, comes back months later to attack Suzaha because she has that like fucking fairy toy that her mom gave her. Um, and I just can't with yeah. this anime. I mean, did you read all of that that I just fucking told you? It's so dramatic and so soap opera. Yeah. It's bullshit. I will say, yeah. I do totally think that that blonde scientist is the one who's brainwashing her. Like, he's involved in that shit. Like, I, I called that, too. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, yeah. Like, he definitely was, like, mysterious and evil uh, before <laughs> this, and, and now it's, like, crystal clear. Um, yeah, like, so, unfortunately, while this show, like, is finally start, starting to, like, unravel the story. And, like, like yeah, we see that Kagari is, like, one of these people that has, like, the motorcycle uniform on, but I don't think she's the only one. <laughs> um, like, yeah, like, I'm still finding this now, like, more, like, when I, when I sit down to watch Steins Gate Zero now, I feel like it's, like, busy work rather yeah. than something that I'm, like, really enjoying. Because it's just there are so many different subplots and red herrings and just like muddled bullshit going on in between just like really cliche, tropey soap opera nonsense that it's just like, oh, it's getting hard to watch. Mm-hmm. And like, I never, I didn't think I would say that. I thought like the second half would start off with like a real bang, but it, it hasn't. It's still just like slowly building to something vague in the distance. Like, 
Hmm. It seems like Kagari is somehow deeply involved with the, the Amadeus system. Like we've like theorized, like she might be like the daughter of like Amadeus Kurusu or something well, weird like that. Because you do get that uh, flash of where it's like test subject, Amadeus test subject, like number three or something. Yes, with her in the exactly. hospital. Yeah, so she's like so a. So they're clone. even like letting that one go now. Yeah, she's yeah. a clone of the original Kurusu. Is my theory. And that's why Mayushi yeah. takes her in. But yeah, like this show just has like no like momentum of any kind to speak of. It just seems to be like wallowing around and just like waiting for something to happen. And then like, you know, there was one weird thing that happened like with episode 14. Like Maho, right, she went back to America. It's been a couple months. Mm-hmm. And then like she gets contacted by like Daru and Suzuha telling her like, we need you to like come back and like make the time machine. And like, I guess she decides like, okay, I, I want to do this. Like, I want to pursue this path. I don't want to be the Salieri forever. Like, I can still do what Mozart did, blah, blah, blah. And like she, but like, what was the point of sending her back to America and if she was just gonna come right back like <laughs> like episodes later like what was the point like she there should have been something that she discovered in America like that she found out there while she was there for a few months and maybe she maybe that'll come up maybe that's something that's gonna happen but, but like but I, I just think, see no point of her ever leaving I think we found become that when you have to be like well maybe later it'll make sense usually it <laughs> never does <laughs> <laughs> yep, you're damn right about that. Uh, I yeah, I want to give Steinsgate the like benefit of the doubt, but like it's it's 14 episodes in uh, now. Like either put up or shut up, and like they have not put up. Exactly. So, yeah, it's losing me. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to Thursdays to a show that is way better. Uh, oh no! <laughs> called How Not Jesus. to Summon a Demon Lord. Oh, I really like this one, guys. I'm going to be oh. honest. I really like this one. It, are <laughs> well, you going to make us watch nipples. this? Are you really going to make us watch this? <laughs> I'm already watching this, like with my my isegai buddy Mundus. So oh. I don't care. No, uh, I honestly I like I... I like to sit down. I don't have to try <laughs> to figure out some mystery or anything. I I generally like. OP characters. Mm-hmm. I just think it's mm-hmm. fun and simple. Uh, it's not and that I, I, hate I just kind of like where it's going. If you do pick yeah. it, I won't be mad or anything. It's just like a brain dead watch, but that's okay. We all need those occasionally. Yeah, I, I mean, if you, yeah. yeah, I think that's what it was because I binged a bunch of shows and I got to this one and it's just nice to have my brain turn off for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I think it's one of the better isekais I think I've seen lately. So It's like one of the more entertaining isekais. isekais. I refuse to say better. <laughs> but it's definitely more entertaining. I will take entertaining them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell people what this is about. It's a very, very etchy isekai show about this shut-in dude named Takuma Sakamoto. who He has a character named Diablo in an MMORPG that he's like extremely high-leveled in. He's like the demon lord of this game. Um, but then he gets summoned through like magic into another world by a cat girl named Rem and a huge breasted elf girl named Shira Greenwood. Um, and like, I think we said in the preview, like they are trying to use magic to enslave him, but he has this magical reflection skill. And so their enslavement magic just bounces back against and he them. Was, and he was actually just using it too before they summoned him. Yeah, Exactly. So. so they become they they become his slaves. They have little slave collars on, but they're not too upset about it because they're like, you know, it could be worse. I guess we could just, you know, whatever. Well, <laughs> I will say, even though there are like the slave collars, the show does not 
does not ever make it like gross with like, ooh, no, no. you have to do what I say. Or like, it doesn't get, even though it is extremely pervy, it is like only yeah. sexual. It is not creepy or gross. And I will give it tons of points for that. So I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like the show continues on and mostly Diablo is it's he's just having these other two girls throw themselves at him and he's like extremely socially awkward so he has no idea how to deal with this besides this like role playing his weird demon lord character um and so yeah and we find out like rem the little cat girl is like she's important for some reason i'm forgetting now oh she she has <laughs> like a demon lord yeah, she has yeah. the soul yeah. of oh, yes. like a demon mistress, right? It's like stuck her. stuck in her. And it's like hereditary. Yeah. Right. So like she's gonna pass it on yeah. to her kid or whatever. And it's it the scene where he finds it out because it's the quote interrogation scene. Oh, <laughs> oh with the ears. This show keeps make, making me laugh. I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just okay, dumb my, laughs, but I'm going <laughs> My favorite scene so far is like the beginning of episode two where he's laying in the bed and he wakes up and he's got like one hand on like the big ass tit and one hand <laughs> yes. on like the flat lolly tit and he's like, oh, yes. the difference between them. It's exquisite. <laughs> I think it was in episode three or maybe even four. I don't know which one it was where like he he like butts his head into like the elf girl's chest and it's like nice and soft. And then he goes to do it into like the other girl's chest and like he hurts himself on her rib cage. It's just like this is so dumb, but at least it's funny. That's that's how I feel about this whole show. Like it's really dumb. It's a power fantasy for guys. It's like a sexual fantasy for guys. Like he's a hundred levels above most of the other people he faces, like in this like game world. Like he just destroys everything, and like all the girls are like scantily clad, and they like gather around him, and they're all they're all falling for him. But at least it's funny. Like you know, at least it's like kind of fun. Also, one thing I would say, well, I will respect about this show is that it does get like the etchy stuff is pretty interesting. Like it does go like pretty hardcore. So yeah. It's I don't know, it's fun. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, I will say, did you did you guys notice that the elf girl like was almost forced to marry her brother? Like they changed the sub so that it says like you were almost forced to marry that guy. But like they don't say no. brother for obvious reasons. Uh the the with the one I saw, they left brother in there. Oh really? And, like, they also said she was supposed to have his kid too, so it's just super fucked up. Okay, so I guess it depends on what site you're watching it on. Because I watched it on Verve, and they cut out brother, and they t- they changed it to that guy. <laughs> and I was like, that is that is very intentional. Yeah, and you've watched so much anime, you're like, you clearly said older brother, brother there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not. Like I mean, you don't even need to know that much Japanese to know that. So. You only need to watch one Moe show where one of the Moe girls just subtly goes, Onichan, to, to know what that means. You guys ready to get serious? <laughs> I'm so serious. Serious. Why are you so serious? <laughs> I'm not serious. You're serious. Get me some Jägermeister. Oh, that's awful. All right, so this we're talking about serious the Jaeger. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving that all in. <laughs> that was Go pretty good, it. actually. Okay. <laughs> all right, so let me tell people what the show is about. 
uh, have some in-depth notes here. It's a Netflix show from PA Works, directed by Masahiro Ando, who is well known for doing some action stuff as well as some like more like interesting drama shows like Hanasaka Roha and like Snow White with the Red Hair. Uh, but yeah, this show follows a pack of Jaegers or vampire hunters who kind of operate under the guise of like an international shipping company called V Shipping. Did did anyone and else, just as a side note, find it hilarious that the werewolf company is called V Shipping? Because you would think the vampire company would be called V Shipping. <laughs> That'd be too obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I kept getting confused because I was like, wait, V-Shipping should be the vampires. Maybe maybe they're actually shipping the vampires together, like relationship shipping. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Maybe that's what this is all about. That'll be the big reveal. No, I hope not. So the lead character, his name is Yuli. Um, he's like a Jaeger. He has a particular talent for like sniffing out vampire blood and like slicing them apart as well. He's like a really badass like fighter. Um, but yeah, the, the vampires in this show are like maybe one of the most interesting parts about it. They're very much on like the monstrous vampire side. Like mm-hmm. there's a scene in the beginning of episode one where a bunch of the vampires are meeting with their like Lord Kirshner guy and he's giving a speech and then they all have like I think these like high class escort girls with them mm-hmm. and a bunch of vampire guys just like bite into these escort girls and like suck them dry of blood and they all turn into like literal like like bat men mm-hmm. not that batman but like that <laughs> kind of men with like weird like ferocious like mouths full of teeth and like weird eyes and stuff um and like yuli drops in on this and starts like fighting them and like tearing them apart and then like a couple of the head vampires like escape basically um and then like yeah the middle of this episode there's some exposition explaining like the current like criminal landscape of this town there's this like party called the like the Hyako party that's been uh robbing uh from like rich people for the poor kind of like led by this like guy who feels like he's like the last samurai or something mm-hmm. and so the police officers think that they're the ones behind like these recent murders but the Jaegers kind of figure out better and they they track down this female vampire whose name is Agatha, who Leo back me up, she's super hot. Yes, yeah, she is definitely. hot. Um, Even though she only I has like one leg. That, yeah, well, and one arm yes, later like, on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what I like about her is that like she's hot, but like when she transforms into vampire mode, she's like very unsettling and like off-putting. Um, like because like when she transforms, like Yuli like outs her basically and like she realizes she's gonna have to fight him like her fingers like open up into these long like razor sharp needles Mm -hmm. and like her mouth and her face like deforms into like that like bat type of face and like yeah she's fighting Yuli and it's just like a freaking awesome fight like clanging metal against like his like his crazy like staff that like is like a three part staff that breaks apart and like you know has blades inside of it you know who she really made me think of it was Um, uh Lust from a Full Metal Alchemist. Oh yeah, yeah, very similar, like mm-hmm. kind of in design and like the way they act and stuff. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like so, the fight turns into like a car chase, and then like you, they're racing like these nineteen twenties cars. This reminded me a lot of Princess Principal, and like <laughs> the first episode of there, that that crazy car chase. And um, there's another like, Dorothy. <laughs> yeah, Dorothea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
And so, like, they get to this bridge, and, like, one of the cars is turned over and, like, exploded, and, like, so she has to fight Yuli on the bridge, and, like, Agatha pricks his neck with one of her, like, crazy, like, razor-sharp claws, and then, like, when she does this, like, something, like, ignites in- inside of him, like, this blue glow. It's the beast. It's the yeah, air. It's, like, the glow of Sirius or something, because she says, like, you're one of, like, Sirius's something or other. She gets cut off, and then I, I think goes, she meant like, to say nuts. offspring offspring i think yeah. yeah so he he goes nuts right and he just like starts wailing on her like cuts like half of her right leg off from like the knee down mm-hmm. and like she falls off the bridge right but then she starts glowing red and then she starts like floating back up towards the bridge and he like yells out oh she's a royal so she's like some kind of vampire royal who like apparently will have like special powers or something fly a little and, bit i guess <laughs> yeah so he's gonna he's about to go in for like the final blow and he like jumps up like a 50 feet in the air and he's like flying through the air when this like white haired vampire who we later find out is named Mikhail like snipes him out of the air and that's how like the episode ends like just like all of this is animated so fucking well and like the music is great and like the cinematography is awesome the the characters are great is Mikhail the one who's Irish I love him no, that's a uh, that's Fallon. So Fallon. Fallon is like the Irish guy oh, with the, the big red muscle hair guy or orange yeah, hair. Yeah, he's yes. awesome. Yeah. A lot of them are <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and then like Philip, I think maybe is, is the like the, the younger like blonde kid yeah, with the, the violin the and everything. Yeah. Well, and you can tell they have uh, a lot of backstory because like Philip at one point says yes. like, um, you you Lily's brother like did something really fucked up to my parents. I think it was like his family, his parents or something to his parents. Cause like he hates the uh, serious clan. No, I think well. it was yeah. his brother that he did something fucked up to um, it, Phillip's it parents. May have been. Yeah. Yeah. And he's explaining this to that like cute little girl who's like hanging out with Yuli for most of the second episode. God, I thought she was going to die at some point that episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, well, Kat and I no, both okay. had our minds went so to the same place. I was place. convinced yeah. that this was going to be Full Metal Alchemist take two. <laughs> like, Show Tucker. Like, yeah. I, that's why I thought she was going to die. Something was going to be horrible happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, something horrible did happen at least, but not to her. Thank God. Because... Full Metal Alchemist has already done that. And it would have probably been like, oh, they're just doing the Full Metal Alchemist thing. Well, it's like, yeah, her yeah. dad is like a crazy, like, biological scientist. He's like clearly working on something. Well, and there that are has, people like, going missing around him. And so I'm like, because yeah. they're, they're like, oh, it's so sad. His wife died. And then I'm like, getting flashbacks from Full Metal mm-hmm. Alchemist. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> what, what is happening? <laughs> And I bet you the people making the show would probably like l- intentionally say like, "Yeah, we were taking inspiration from Full Metal Alchemist," like because it's it's close enough that like they have to know that mm-hmm. they were they were on that same track. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Yuli, like a lot of stuff happens in episode two. Like, but Yuli ends up in like another showdown with Agatha by the end, and Agatha now has replaced the bottom half of her right leg with like a sword blade, which or, is like, two badass. Blades. It is yeah, badass. Awesome. Oh my gosh. It's so good. And the fight between them is just incredible because he's like trying to defend this little girl mm-hmm. and the little girl's father had been turned into a vampire by Agatha just like two minutes prior. And now he's like rampaging as like a newborn vampire trying to kill people. And like so More he like has to handle zombie. the father while also fighting off Agatha. And so he gets the upper hand on Agatha, right? And like kicks like a blade up into the air. And as it's falling down, he does like a full roundhouse kick that sends this like shard of blade 
into like the little girl's father's neck, killing him. And, and it, it was just like it just I literally audibly just yelled like holy all shit all over this little <laughs> yeah, girl's and then face. The blood splatter right and, on and the girl I just, is just like as, whoa as it like shows her face just splattering with blood, which is epically anim- animated by the way. I'm just like, and that's yeah, gonna be so good. a fuck ton of therapy. <laughs> is what that is <laughs> oh my god like I, there were several times watching the first couple episodes of this that i was just like l- like saying out loud like holy shit that was fucking awesome and like, i don't find myself saying that often about anime like these days so mm-hmm. i was really happy to have this one like fill that like niche of like or that like empty void of like really awesome badass anime yeah. that i can get into and i, I really mm. like this yeah, this, this the, the is, yeah, is one epic. of the best anime of the season I, so I far i don't think it's it's like it's not soon enough to tell like what exactly the plot is about like you get hints but i have a feeling this is going to be like a 24 episode show and so you're not getting like like a whole idea of the plot yet you're just getting little hints but but what they've I given so. us yeah i don't know what they what they've given us is really promising in my opinion um i don't know i have a theory that like somehow like the main guy is it lou lily I can't say his name uh, very well. Yuli. Um, I think he's like a, a type of vampire that's like against no, the other vampires. No, but like they talk about his like blood or whatever. And so I think he's got something to do with the vampires too. That's just I my opinion. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't see where you're going with that at all. Well, just because like he like seems to like be so keenly able to like fight them more so than even his like other friends yeah but if he's so, part like, werewolf yeah. it also explains why he can smell things really well yeah that's, that's true that's true it's just a theory yeah, I don't, i'm also interested I don't yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think he has any i don't think he's in any way part uh vampire but it, i mean it sounds like the vampires maybe might have murdered his whole clan or something or like that's actually in the summary i believe yeah, it might be. Yeah. Uh, I'm also interested to see what happens with that girl. Uh, her name's Ryoko, who, like, they're staying at, like, her father's, like, oh, yeah, place. Here. A man named oh, uh, yeah. Yuli stood among them with a striking, serenity, unusual aura, known as a werewolf who had his home village destroyed by vampires. Yeah, that's in the oh, synopsis. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I still say it could, it could be something interesting there, but that's just me. But, yeah, I also am interested in that girl because, like, they don't go into her a lot, but, like, there's something there too. Yeah, it's interesting. There's and a lot she's of doing sword training, so I'm just like, okay, she's gonna be a badass later. Like she's she's yeah. doing kendo and, training all okay, the time. I just want to take a moment to say how amazing you Lily's weapon is. It's like a it's like an, mm-hmm. a giant nunchuck that turns into a scythe. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I don't know. Yeah, it's awesome. It's yeah, and it's the way creative. they animate it is great. The oh, sound effects yeah. and everything are fa- for fantastic. I mean, it's it is PA works behind it. They can do great things when they want to. <laughs> Like Horse Girls Pretty Derby. <laughs> okay, but no, you have to admit this is better animated than Horse Girls Pretty Derby. Yes, like, it, by far. I it, it's actually really good. thought for a second, I was like, did Kyo Annie touch this or something? Because like that's, it's that <laughs> yeah. well animated. Where I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is really PA works. But yeah, no, it is. It's impressive. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad this one lived up to what I thought it was going to be. It was, it's just awesome so far. Yeah, so I highly like, recommend it. Yeah, it sounds like we all really like it. But uh, I'm going to try not to fall asleep on this next show. But it's all you, Kat. <laughs> but, the, the Leo, one, the there's one only about. 98 Sleeping Princess. Uh, we, have, we have to be the two that finish off <laughs> exactly. the 100 Sleeping Princess. I, I need a full 100 Sleeping Princess. So, all right. Uh, so the next one is 100 Sleeping Princess or the Kingdom <laughs> of Dreams. So 
this is based on a video game. And like you can tell immediately it's based on a video game. Um, my So basically the idea of the show is that this chick gets like popped into this random parallel world and she doesn't understand why she's there. She just fell asleep one day and she's in this world and she's trapped there now and she's kind of stuck there. And is this an isekai? It's basically, yes. yeah, it's an isekai. It's an yes. isekai. It's a reverse harem isekai. Um, wow. Yeah. And all she does is go around to these different kingdoms and try and wake up these princes who are either literally asleep or some of them are like dark and tortured and like are <laughs> mentally asleep. And she. <laughs> And she has to go around and collect them and like wake them up, kind of like Bishi Pokemon. Or her goal, like <laughs> as she as she like wakes them up, they like convert and they're like, oh, and now I love you and I'm gonna follow you everywhere. And they like follow her. And and my guess is like by the end of this, she just has like a hundred guys like following her from town to town. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, but yeah, there's also stuff do like... Do the guys ever, like, interact with each other, or do they just talk to her? They do interact with each other, but it's all very, like, oh, the one guy is really silly and, like, goofy, and the other guy <laughs> is serious, and, like, we need to stick Ooh. to a schedule, and, like, they fight each other, like, why are you being whiny? And the other one's like, you should chill out, and, and like, she's How caught, long these caught episodes? in the middle. Oh, they're full-length episodes. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, no, it's it's a fluff show. It's popcorn. It's not anything you need to watch. There are much better okay. reverse harems out there, especially this season. That's good because I I didn't find time to watch this one, so I feel less <laughs> bad about it now. Oh, boy. oh man! Um, all right, let's move on to another big show, which is Banana Fish. Which is on Amazon Prime Video. Which they, st- yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's okay. From Studio Mappa and from the former director of Free Seasons One and Two, Hiroko Utsumi. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. So actually, the title actually makes sense, and they <laughs> do it so quickly. Banana Fish is a re- referring to a drug, and I was just like, oh, that makes sense now. Because have you ever heard of all the insane strand names for weed there are? Mm-hmm. so i'm so there, there's a drug out there have you had banana fish yet would be like a serious line somebody would say i feel like <laughs> but if you guys yeah. want to say your parts on it and then i'll get into the synopsis a little bit well i'll also say the one the one other thing about banana fish is is it's the the perfect day for banana fish is the name of a short story by the author jd salinger who wrote catcher in the rye mm-hmm. so that's also where the uh the reference is coming from if you want to look into that short story Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yep. They kind of reference that too, like in the anime later a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um I don't know. I love the show. Like the the plot goes really fast. Like you you get a lot in this show. Like it's not going to be boring. It's going to be really good. I don't know. Like the sh- the okay, so <laughs> it gets real almost immediately. Like the shot where the the kid, I think his name is Ag, the camera kid. He gets kidnapped, and yeah. with with the other little boy, and they're like in the car, and Ash like shoots the dude in the car next to them, and he just dies, and you like see his face just like <laughs> go, and Ag's like, "Fuck, fuck, this is happening." He died. Oh shit! 
It's it's really yeah. That's that second episode. <laughs> oh, no, is that's it? in the first episode. I think it's in the that's first not episode. Still in the first episode. Yeah, no. Okay, so that's the, the car is the driving very away end. when they get kidnapped. That's the, that's the very yeah. end of the, the first show episode. Goes so yes. fast yeah. that you feel like more episodes are passing than are actually passing. Like think about what happened within the span of those two episodes. Like you introduce yeah. all the characters, you introduce the camera guy. They, they go into that bar. You show them getting kidnapped. You you show them going through the chase and then through the kidnapping. Show them escaping. <laughs> show Ash getting questioned and show Ash going to jail all in two episodes. And none of it feels rushed. It just feels like click, click, click. Like scene, scene, scene. It's really good. Oh, well, allow me to uh, go into greater detail for you then. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, I'll start, I'll start this uh it starts off it's just this war unit we don't know really, really where they are it's not important what's important is uh, a guy named Criffin Calories who is Ash's older brother he went off to took a piss but comes back and he's <laughs> acting weird and then he just like grabs a gun and just starts fucking shooting everybody and they finally get him to stop by like shooting him in both his thighs and the only thing he, he can say is banana fish which is <laughs> really weird uh, banana fish, bam, bam, so banana. I, yeah, this this might be a record for a title drop so early in a show. This is the opening scene, and they say banana fish. It's pretty close, yeah. yeah. So a couple of years later, uh, Ash leads his own gang back in. They're in L.A., right? I think they're in New York City, actually. Why does that one sure. guy give the ad an L.A. address, though? I don't know. I don't know, but it, it, I, from everything I've been getting, it's from New York City. Yeah, and yeah, I thought it was New York, too. Uh, well, he's out just patrolling or whatever. He comes across a dying man that gives him a trinket. Later on, he's uh, messing with the trinket. Inside, he finds a, a white powder. Uh, and it turns out he works for, like, the big mob guy. His name's Dino. He just runs the whole syndicate and everything, and he's gay. Got to get that mm-hmm. out there. Uh, oh, they're it seems really, dying- really hard on oh, that. Yeah. Like they emphasize <laughs> yeah, they like that really push it. so many times and that irritates me a little like when it's one of the very few things mm-hmm. because then later you find out other things about him and I'm like, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So so. It turns out that dying man from earlier had stolen something from Dino himself and Dino is pretty sure that Ash has it. Uh, AG then comes from overseas to interview Ash for a magazine, but while at the hangout spot, Arthur, a guy in the gang that isn't happy with Ash being the leader, rounded up some guys and busts into the place. The plan was apparently to capture capture Ag and a young kid named Skip. Uh, he he's just a nice little kid. <laughs> Arthur yeah, is also working basically. in conjunction <laughs> with a guy uh, that's under Dino named Marvin, who also really he doesn't like Ash. But in the second episode, we kind of find a little backstory on him. I'll get to that. When we get there because it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it also seems like some of the uh, a couple of the detectives seem to have an agreement with Ash since he was basically it seems he was able to round up all the gangs and bring them under control. So they kind of work with him to keep things in check mm-hmm. is what I gathered. Uh, right into episode two, Ash goes after them and gets captured and tortured by Marvin as he tries to find where he hid this stuff Dime Man gave him. Ash later tricks Marvin by letting him think he can fuck him. <laughs> He's like making like little seductive moves and you know, he tricks him, you know, punches him, knocks him out, whatever. And the, uh, the three of them make them escape. We're talking about uh, Skip, AG, and Ash here. Yeah. Uh, except they end up coming to a dead end and AG uh, defies the laws of physics and uses a metal pipe to pole vault <laughs> over a wall. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know how that pipe would have enough bend to it and like flexibility to actually like propel him over that like barbed wire wall and com- well, covered do, in rust spots. He, do, he does like yeah. pl- he's like, oh god, I hope this doesn't break. I hope it doesn't break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty impressive, and there's like a whole like big scene where you see like uh, ashes in his eyes and his pupils. You see like Ag like flying up and over the walls. And he's like, like oh. He's like, oh, this guy's pretty interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so AJ gets away. Uh, he does finally get some cops, uh, but then he collapses and ends up in a hospital. But because you know he's bleeding from a wound and stuff, and like I had this like mini rant in my head when I was like, <laughs> why is all these Japanese people's anemic? Why did okay? Like, but he got cut. Just, like, he got cut deep by glass, and like his first mistake was he pulled that fucking glass out. You don't pull yeah. that out until you're like ready. <laughs> let me tell you about my rant because I was like, why are they subjugating these people? I'm like, wait, they're just doing it to themselves. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyways. Ashes skip get like recaptured and before they can relocate uh shorter one of his uh ashes buddies uh shows up with like some of the crew and starts being up the thugs and uh stuff and it buys them time for the police to get there but then marvin's like oh this is fucking bullshit and he goes to shoot ash even though dino told him not to kill ash but uh skips like no and he runs runs at marvin and then Marvin turns and just like blasts two caps into this kid. And this kid's what? Eight, nine? Uh, something like that. Probably like 12 or 13 yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah he's young. small. He's young. Yeah. yeah. And Ash is like, sad. what the fuck? And then they, it, he chases him down in the car and he tracks him down to his apartment. But uh, Dino kind of found out what was going on. And he had Marvin killed in his own apartment. So suddenly the cops show up and it's just Ash with a dead body and a gun on the floor. Mm-hmm. And yes. so he gets pinned for the crime and Dino also pays off the detective to help speed things along. And then he also pays a judge to send Ash very quickly to the state prison because Dino has all kinds of men in there. Uh, the detectives do say the ones that have Ash's back say something about getting hold of a Max Lobo who's already in there to protect him until they can get him out. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm, I did not, what was the one you said? You liked the soundtrack and something else. What was it? The uh... oh darn it! It was the, the other one. really big. Oh, the God, we just talked about. Sorry, Jaeger. You really liked the soundtrack and the Jaeger, and I didn't notice it. Mm-hmm. But I definitely noticed the, the soundtrack and Banana Fish. Yeah, and I, did I too. thought it was really yeah. good. It stood out, um, and it was it was interesting. It makes sense for like I don't know, like what they're doing with all, all the mafia stuff. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Back to yeah, the, let's talk about that one scene. Yeah, so there's the scene where they're kind of interrogating Ash, and the they detectives found a stash. are the detectives are inter- interrogating him. Yeah, the police officers. Yeah, are the, the one that got yeah. paid off, and then like hit the the two that has his back are also well, in there. They, they're in the asking him room. about like, did he kill Marvin since they found him right. over his dead body? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what they found in Marvin's place was a stash of like por- por- uh, child pornography and then a bunch of DVDs. And like the one detective that got paid off is just intentionally puts one in there and it's Marvin fucking a young Ash. So that was super messed up. Mm-hmm. Holy yeah, they shit. Like force Ash to watch this, which is like, that's fucked up. Like, yeah, that's really fucked up. Yeah. That you would f- force somebody to watch this tape of themselves. That is yeah. clearly something that 
would be traumatic for them. It's yeah, like he's like yelling at him, like, child. don't put that in there. And then, like, well, that, but he also that doesn't stop it. Just... The other detective's like, don't do it. But then he doesn't, like, stop it either. And then later he's like, you yeah. did a good job. And he's like, don't fucking touch me. Because, like, you just sat there and <laughs> let him do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just... It's just really, and he's like, he basically just using that as like, this is the motivation why you killed him. Well, so and I also thought it was to be really, honest, it's a good motivator. Yeah, yeah it is. Like, but like, obviously, it didn't. But I don't know. Like, I also found that scene where he's like, "Don't fucking touch me." Like the one detective that's supposed to be good, and like tries to mm-hmm. comfort him, and then later, I think they're trying to get him to talk again, like right before he goes to prison. And like Ash is telling them basically, like, "I'm not a part of your game" or whatever. Like that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with me, and like you, it, you don't really give a shit about me. You're not being genuine. You're just doing this because mm-hmm. you want this information. In the end, yeah, they send. I mean, nothing. Yeah, to they you. send Asian at one point to think because they think Ash will talk to him, but Asian's like the the detective sent you, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he said yeah, something no, I, that really connected with Asian, and I I blacked out at that part. I didn't remember it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just thought that no, was a I mean, good, interesting. A good part. It was a, it was interesting. Yeah. Like I have some hope for this anime because, like, it even though it's like tackling like these really, really dark themes, like it seems to be like pretty decently well written. It's just that at times it feels like they're nail, like nailing it in the thing like way too hard. Like where it's just like, oh, he's Ash by the or like whatever, like Ag by the way, he's gay and he likes Marvin, and Ag's like, what? And it's just like, I, I, I don't know. And then like, well, that's I, I, I felt just, like that have, was that was J- Japanese society creeping into this anime, like the yes. whole emphasis, like he's gay, he's gay, and he like said it like six yeah. times, and then you find out later he's into child porn, and I'm like, come on, Japan, don't be like that. Well, Don't there, be there's like also that. a there's oh there's that scene in the very first episode where Ash is going to the place to meet Dino and Marvin's mm-hmm. outside and he flat out tells him he's a uh, fag. Yeah, which yeah. was and that what, what that was the translation I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's controversial because like apparently the there's people who've been complaining about the Amazon translation for this because some sometimes it seems like they're they're translating generic like Japanese insults into homophobic slurs when they don't need to be. So it's kind of like, I don't know. There's some like fight over whether hmm. this is something that is like the original intent of like the work or not. And so I don't know. That'll, that'll uh, be interesting to see as oh, it goes okay. on. But yeah, like, we wouldn't know without yeah. checking then out the manga, we, I guess. We probably exactly, need to yeah. pay, be paying really close attention to that then just so that we can get yeah. it straight. Because I think we might, we're probably going to cover this. So... Yeah, probably. probably. I mean, it's just really interesting because I, I don't know. Like, I have so little faith in Japanese anime to cover child porn related <laughs> issues <laughs> oh. with any level well, of gravitas or care. That makes me think <laughs> if Ash was, he might have actually potentially used that as a more derogatory term towards him, just to, like get under his skin or something. I guess mm-hmm. in that sense, it made. It, that makes yeah, sense that, that, that line way. made sense to me in that translation mm-hmm. because like I think he would be trying to get under his skin and use that as a weapon against mm-hmm. him in that moment mm-hmm. okay. um, so but like other other times apparently it's been a little bit more controversial yeah, um, I okay. also didn't like that they killed off um, skip 
because it felt very tropey. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, the one black character that we know of right now as of this moment in this anime, and now he's dead. Mm-hmm. That irritated me. And he's a child. Yeah. <laughs> he's a little kid, yeah. That yeah. irritated Sucks. me. I mean, I didn't really care that he was a little kid because, like, you know, kids die. But, like, I don't know. It just felt... <laughs> What? I mean, Everybody dies, cat. <laughs> I mean, should I be more sad because he's a little kid? I don't know. I mean, it's an anime, not real life. I'm just saying yeah. it probably was a little racially insensitive of them. Like, they probably should, should not have done that. Um, but it's Japan, and they probably don't understand about that. So, And I'll say, while, while I really like Ash's character so far, I'm not as hooked on Eiji's character. He's just like kind of like oblivious, innocent Japanese guy. But then they, they are pulling back some things. Like he's a pole vaulter. Like, well, no. I don't know. Like he has some interesting aspects he, to he him. He is a survivor. So sure we'll like when he was in that moment, yeah. he's like, no, I'm going to try. Like he's not completely yes. hopeless. So. True. And so it'll be interesting to see how that uh, that relationship between the two of them develops over time. Uh, and yeah, this is like a 24 episode show. So it's going to have a lot of time to play out too. Mm-hmm. So. I also I really really liked how like the the weird sort of back and forth between Aichi and Ash because at the beginning Ash is sort of held up on this pedestal like oh he's so cool and he's done all these things and then by the end of the second episode you kind of see Ash being like in the end like you're the one who is lucky like I'm stuck in this place like right and he kind of means like societally like I don't know it's it's interesting Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of really interesting things in this. I don't know. I could talk on and on about it, but we have another yeah, anime sure to talk about <laughs> called Seven Senses of the Reunion. The flower we saw that day. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. no, that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Oh right. no, wait, weird. It's no, never mind. It's called Seven Senses of the Reunion. <laughs> uh, this is also on Amazon Prime. It's also called Shichisei no Subaru. Uh, and it's a light novel adaptation by Studio Lerch. Um, and okay, let me just get like the general synopsis out of the way. So, as a lot of people have already observed, this it's basically a crossover. This show of the premises of like Sword Art Online and like Anohana, the flower we saw that day, in mm-hmm. that it focuses on a group of kids who used to be really good friends in elementary school. And we're also a like an epically strong raiding party in this MMO called Union. Um, and so like they like dominated the mm-hmm. game. They were really good at hey, it. Um, can I make a real quick note? Yeah. Did you yeah, write up? that in your notes independent of me writing that in my notes? Because I swear I didn't even read your notes. Did you write Wait, that what too? Did I write? <laughs> that that it was Sword Art Online mixed with Anohana? Oh, yeah, yeah. I did write that independently, yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's so clear. Like, that's what it is. I mean, yeah. Uh, I okay. mean, but yeah, so, like, the, the Anohana part comes in when one of the girls in their rating group, uh, she has this weird power, and the power is to see the future before it happens. Except in this one case, apparently, because they get into this battle, and maybe she can see the future, but she decides, like, the battle has gone bad, and she wants to defend, like, MC Kuhn, like, the main guy. Um, and so she jumps in front of, like, an attack, and she gets hit, and she just gets, like, vaporized by this attack. And so she dies in the game, 
And then they find out later that she's like vanished in real life. So they like she they think she has actually died in real life. There's no body or anything, but they have like a funeral for her. Like they go like mourn her and well, no, then they move on. And, that she yeah. had a heart attack. She didn't vanish. She had a heart attack. And I died. thought she I thought there was like no body or something. No, no. So she had that a heart attack. She she had I, I know she had a heart attack. And okay. so when she when she went back into the real world, she had a heart attack and died immediately. Oh, weird. All right. Mm-hmm. So somehow years later, a game where somebody died from a heart attack from dying in the game gets a sequel. <laughs> like, and it isn't isn't crippled by lawsuits somehow. Uh, and the secret to the sequel to that game is called Reunion. And so, like, a lot of the people who were in that old rating group independently start, like, checking out this game again. MC Kuhn quickly discovers, though, in the game, he goes into a raid and goes in this weird area uh, of this dungeon. And he finds this chest. And who pops out of the chest except the little girl from Anohana who died? But somehow she's alive again and she's in the game. Uh, but like she, she can't log out of the game because I guess she's just like maybe digital data. But she keeps like claiming that, oh, well, no, but, I'm alive, everybody. Like I'm really here. I exist. Because I know um, I know you were so, I know you were saying that, like, I don't know why they wouldn't like find a way to contact the developer and all this. I think the reason the developer is making reunion, even though they are probably crippled with lawsuits, is they're obviously <laughs> some sort of so they, they were saying that like only certain people can play this game. Like you have to have a certain sense. Yeah. So I think that this corporation has discovered like some use for people who have this skill and they are using uh. this video game to round them up and then they're gonna do something. Mm-hmm. Like Sword Art Online. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that makes why. way too much sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the one weird thing about this, like, okay, so the girl who died, quote unquote, she like when she wakes up in the game, it she feels like no time has passed at all. And like if you remember, they were in elementary school mm-hmm. when they quit playing, or like when they stopped playing the game when she died. But so like they interact with her and like she's like a little bit young and innocent, but it doesn't feel like she's an elementary schooler anymore. Like it feels like she's talking to them on like a level she shouldn't be able to talk at at sometimes. And they they don't treat her like an elementary schooler. They don't like really address that like she is basically an elementary schooler and they are now high schoolers. They kind of just like roll with it in a way that didn't feel like authentic to me. Like I thought that would be like more of a, an issue because like imagine – you in elementary school trying to have a conversation with your high school self or like your, <laughs> your, your friend from high school or something. It would be so weird. You would feel so out of place. Like you wouldn't know how to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that felt off. And then, but like, yeah, I watched like the first three episodes of this show and like basically the other members of the guild or whatever find out that this girl has come back and they all have different reactions to it. Like one of the other girls like doesn't really believe it until she like sees it. And there's like obvious proof that she can use her power still. Uh, and then one of the other guys is like really just like, I don't know, remorseful for everything that happened and like is not talked to them. 
And so he's doing his own weird thing on the side. And but like the problem is like everything is just so boring. That's like all I have to say. Like it was just so boring. Like at least how not to summon a demon girl was like entertaining. Okay, you this you one cannot just, like, say that that is more entertaining. <laughs> this at least has a plot. I will. Like come on. Like. <laughs> Okay, yes, this does have a plot. Like, I was saying like to myself after the first episode or episode and a half, I was like, okay, like, at least this is interesting. Like, it has a plot, even if I've seen this type of plot before. But then, like, by episode three, I was just like, this isn't going anywhere. And, like, I don't like any of these characters, and I'm not feeling invested in, like finding out like what is going to happen to them because i'm sure it's just going to be some like sappy like heart pulling bull crap that's like going to try and make us cry at the end well okay and i don't want to <laughs> cry cat okay. over the stupidest guy but, like, <laughs> I, I agree that the ghost thing will probably they're trying to use it to pull on heartstrings but like who is really naive yeah. enough to fucking fall for that and really give a shit like even young anime <laughs> yeah. fans can see sort of this like shallow setup for what it is i would think yeah I would hope no no one like <laughs> cries over this level of emotional depth. It's it's totally bullshit. <laughs> like no one no one's really gonna be like, oh no, boo hoo, she's a ghost. Yeah. Like not really, right? <laughs> like it's you all guys have not, not. It's all just pretense. You guys have yeah. You guys have not convinced me to try to watch this at all. <laughs> well, good. I, don't, I just don't think it's that good. Like, yeah, it's it's better than some isekai shows I've seen over the past couple of years, like for sure. But I, I still don't, I don't know. I'm just, like, not intrigued, like, by the mystery of this show, like, the main mystery. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's going to be. I think be, it's going to play out in a fairly simplistic way. Yeah, so, it's going to yeah. be a very standard isekai watch. In my opinion, it's probably the best isekai in the summer batch. But, like, it's going to be very predictable. You're not going to be surprised mm-hmm. about what's going to happen. It's just oh, a video game anime. That's all it is. So you're saying you're saying you like this better than not how how to not summon a demon lord? Yeah, because at least it has a plot. Like how not to summon a demon lord is more like a brain dead watch. Is at least like, enjoyable. But it doesn't have a plot. Like I, I need no, something. No, it has lots Listen, of plot. Cat, just have, a different kind of plot. plot. <laughs> my, so much plot. My brain is overactive. If I don't have something to keep my brain busy, I'm just gonna think of like the meaning of the universe. And like, why grass is green or whatever? You mean for boob the whole bouncing time. doesn't keep your attention? <laughs> I'm completely memorized, mesmerizing boob bouncing. <laughs> to be fair, I don't care for the boob bouncing either. It's like so dumb. <laughs> it's too much of it. I just I need I something. I need something to keep somewhat of my attention on the anime. And like, how not to summon a demon lord just doesn't have enough plot there for me. I try, but. I mean, occasionally, like, the boobs jiggle and my focus is, like, back on screen, but that only lasts for, like, two seconds. (laughs) You know? All darn. Well, all right. Uh, I think that's it for this. So you want to wrap us up, Kat? All right. Okay. Thanks for listening. Remember to like, follow, and subscribe to us on YouTube to get updates on new podcasts or videos. You can also find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and follow us on Twitter at Nerdum and Other for updates as well. With that, we'll see you next time for the second half of the shows. Bye. Bye.